Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at DrivenChat.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Marker, one of the three usual hosts on the podcast alongside Andy Jay and Amy Shaw. Now, as you may have seen from the title of this week's podcast, we're doing something a little bit different because for the first time ever, we've recorded this podcast live from a car launch. Now, we've never done this before, so this was uh, a bit uh, a bit out of our comfort zone, uh, a bit of a uh, throw it together, a bit of a suck it and see, but I think, I just think, it might have worked. Now, if you do follow us on social media, you will already know the car that we're talking about. We were, of course, at Hethel, at the Lotus facility for the launch of the Amira. Now this, the Amira, is a really significant car for Lotus because, as you'll probably know, it's replacing the three E's, the three iconic cars currently available from Lotus. The Elise, the Exige, and the Evora. Now the Amira is going to be the last ever internal combustion-powered car. It's going to come with two engine options, either an inline four two-litre engine, which is from Mercedes-Benz's AMG department, or that fantastic Toyota V6 that they've been using for many years in both the Exige and the Evora. So the car itself is, is a huge, huge chapter. It's a significant chapter for Lotus before they move on to purely 
EVs. Now, in this episode, you are going to hear a lot from Andy, from myself, and from Amy as we kind of venture around the facility at Hethel. We arrived at around 8 o'clock in the morning and we didn't leave until about 10 o'clock at night. So what you've got in this episode is a collection of different segments. We have got some fantastic interviews for you to hear. Uh, everyone from the Managing Director of Lotus, Matt Windle, through to the Design Director of the car, Russell Carr. And of course, world champion Formula One driver, Jensen Button. He also joins us because Jensen was on site with us the entire day. He was the celebrity test driver for the car before then unveiling it to the world as part of a live show hosted by none other than our own Andy J. Elsewhere within this episode, you're going to hear the car, you're going to hear lots of information about the car, but you're also going to hear from a few other guests alongside people like Matt and Russell and Jensen. We've also got some sound bites from people giving a reaction to the car. And again, some really interesting people, influencers like Sam Moores and Sid North. I caught up with motoring journalists Harry Metcalf, Alex Goy and David Tillier. I met the son of Colin Chapman himself, the ex-Lotus director, Clive Chapman. Uh, And as well as that, there were television presenters, Helen Stanley, who was a co-host of the show alongside Andy Jay, and of course, Jake Humphrey. So we really hope you enjoy this show. It is a completely different format to how we usually do things, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Sit back, relax, enjoy, or do whatever you're doing with us in your ears, and enjoy this week's Driven Chat podcast brought to you from Hethel for the launch of the Lotus Emira. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. So what you can hear now is the latest car, the last internal combustion engine you'll ever hear in a Lotus. The man behind the wheel is Jensen Button. He's just flown in, quite literally just flown in from LA to be here lovely hot and sunny LA and here we are in well not very hot and sunny Norfolk but the weather is breaking we have got we've had a bit of rain this morning there's a lot of surface water on the track Uh, but it is now stopped raining and we're hoping it is going to dry up so Jensen is currently hooning around in the Amira he's going to fly past very shortly for another quick soundbite just have a listen to this Pretty good sound. Pretty good sound. Right, I've managed to collar somebody from Lotus to come and have a chat with us whilst we are observing the Amira going around the the circuit. In fact, Jensen's just come to a stop temporarily, I I guess, to do some camera rigging stuff. And the man I've collared is is Rob Borrett, who is the PR manager for Lotus. Now, Rob, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you're kind of responsible for the launch of this car today, aren't you? I'm part of a really good team that has uh, brought so much together to bring this car uh, to the public uh, with our launch event at Hethel. We're really proud to show Hethel off and uh, the whole team from anyone working on site and making the site look perfect to all of the, uh, the people in the uh, workshops who have built these cars uh, to show the public we can't wait to uh, get it out there and, uh, and see everyone's reaction to it because it's been a lot of hard work uh, and the event should go off uh, without a hitch as long as this rain and uh, dark clouds that we're looking at so stay away absolutely we've mentioned the rain a few times already because we arrived in pouring rain uh, when we arrived Jensen was out in one of the test mules in the pouring rain yeah. hoping to well I guess just to get a feel of what it was like and, and by some miracle the, the rain has stopped so it's looking good 
what are you feeling like today? Because you've obviously you've been building up to this day for quite some time, I imagine. Yeah, it's just the, uh, I'm just excited. I can't wait for people to see the car. I can't wait for the uh, press and guests that are coming to Hethel to see Hethel. Uh, anyone that's been to Hethel in the last 10 years uh, won't recognize it when they turn up. We've had so much investment from our shareholders to ensure that we have a site that is worthy of a car like Amira. We're going to be building it in a brand new production facility, uh, purpose-built to build the Amira uh, to uh, a high standard that we've never had before in our cars. And um, the event is just sort of the pinnacle of that to show off what everyone's been working towards. And uh, yeah, we've got a cool live setup behind me on the test track. We have um, big staging rigs uh, and a giant box that we're going to unbox the car out of, um, which we've never had at Lotus like this. Uh, everyone that comes to Lotus loves working here, but I hope uh, they're all uh, particularly impressed with what they can see now because the site looks fantastic and we've got some really cool stuff going on as Jensen goes past me again uh, in the mirror for another lap. We can't get him out of the car, it looks like. He looks like he's enjoying well, that's, himself. That's certainly no bad thing, is it? So we'll pin down some engineers a bit later on to have a chat, but what can you tell us yeah. about the car as, as, it's, as it's herring past and we can hear that glorious noise? Yeah, so the, the noise is, is key, obviously. It's the, uh, the final combustion engine uh, from Lotus, and uh, it's uh, our final song, uh, swan song to uh, internal combustion engines. Um, and everyone's got everything that they expect from the Lotus and more to look forward to. Um, what Jensen should be uh, talking about on camera right now is the ride and handling of a Lotus. Um, he's already driven it today and he has an Evora out in LA and he says it's a completely uh, different car to drive. And he's got a huge smile on his face, so I think that's all you need to, uh, uh, you need to know. The engineers, all of our engineers, ride and handling, as you would expect, class leading, fantastic, brilliant. Um, but now the engineers that have uh, built and designed the car, especially on the inside for everyday usability, um, it just taking that step forward for us. Perfect. Well, I'm going to let you crack on because you've got quite a busy day ahead. Thank you very much. We'll see you around. Good you luck will. with everything. I'll be running around all day. I look forward to seeing you all later as well. Absolutely. Good stuff. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. So here I am still wandering around trackside and I've found a colleague of mine called Amy Shaw. Hi, Amy. Hi, John Marker. How are you getting on? I'm all right so far. Um, it's quite nice. This corner's a good one because you've got some, thanks to the rain that we've had all morning, <laughs> some good puddles, which make some nice splashes. Oh, that's true. Good reflections. So, See, we've uh, all been moaning about the rain. No, from photo For you. it works well. Got some stormy skies in the background with a bit of an edit, a bit of a spice. This'll, this, this'll be some nice images. Oh, I like <laughs> this. I like this. So we are, yeah, we're still trackside. We've just spoken to Rob. We are watching camera cars being set up so I'm looking at a BMW X3 with a big old camera strapped on the back and I guess Jensen's going to be chasing that around so that'll be some quite cool stuff for you to capture as well won't it? Hopefully it's nice if you can go a bit more sideways I'd quite like that you know a bit more <laughs> dynamic do going need, into the corner. Do we need to get some sort of like signpost that just says do do a skid? Do a skid do it do a skiddy and then <laughs> I also want him to put his lights on because from the back uh, it looks yeah. really cool so it through the spray of all the the of wet course. track it's, it's I don't think I can just say, can we, uh, can we just put your lights yeah. on, please? <laughs> We've kind of been given this really cool behind-the-scenes access, and I feel like there might be a limit on what we can start asking. Hey, Jensen, put your lights on. Go Could a bit you just sideways. go into the corner, handbrake on, twizzle Could, around, then Could you wink it? as you drive around? <laughs> That's all we want to see. Just a little wink, Jensen. Thank you. <laughs> so um, you've now seen the car, yes. like, like myself. We've just seen it for the first time. It was kind of, we, we're here, we're so lucky, because we're here ahead of the big grand unveil, and... 
for us it was just oh follow Jensen over there he's going to get in the car and, and you can watch him drive off and that was for us that was our big reveal what were your first impressions oh my word um I think because the problem was I was focusing more on Jensen initially <laughs> I was like right I must get some photographs of Jensen and what he was looking at the car and then I thought I'll look at the car at some point then I clocked you out the corner of my eye I was like well John Marco seems to like the car for his face and I hadn't actually looked at it so um having looked at it going around the track a number of times now I think it's cool like genuinely cool like not yeah. a I'll say it's cool but I don't really mean it I actually yeah. mean it I think it's cool um I love the design from the from the I mean I've already said I, I like the whole thing I like that it's got these kind of snippets um of the buyer I'm going to say it's the yeah you've spot on pronunciation sure right one. Yep. um and yeah I just I think the the, the side in are there air intakes or outtakes I don't know what they are yeah you've got some little nice sexy scoops on either yep. side that's drawing in air to the engine because it's a mid-engine so yep. yeah bringing in air for cooling and you can tell i'm really feeding. technical with all the, yeah, all the cool. design cues it's very lotus isn't it i yes. think it's fair to say you can definitely see the the pattern of the elise i mean conveniently standing or well, standing sitting right behind amy at the moment is an elise an exige and an exige um cup i'm just gonna take some pictures whilst we're, we're chatting yeah so listen to this this is this might be a podcast first or a radio recording first, where we've got the recording of a podcast at a car launch ahead of time with Amy Shaw taking photographs. <laughs> I've never done this one before. I no, have to say. it's a new one for me too. It's um, you know, I, I, I agree. Sorry, back to your question. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a very strong next step in the Lotus story. Yeah, and I think it's a really good indication of where they're going to go in the future. Um, yeah, and this is, and as Rob was saying to, to me just now, you know, this is a, a really significant car because it's the last time they're going to have a, an engine yeah. with combustion fuels. Everything from here is going to be electric. So it is kind of like a last swan song. It's a last hurrah. And it sounds glorious. It sounds amazing. And it's, I do find it a little bit sad that we won't be standing on a track in the future having this... Well, you can hear that... That's going to be a bit sad, but at the same time, um, let's enjoy it while we can. I totally missed that shot. That was not a good shot. Sorry, I'm being distracting. <laughs> I'm going to let you get back to doing what you do very well, which is taking photographs. Debatable. And uh, I'm going to go and find some more interesting people to talk to. Thanks, Amy. Speak to you in a bit. Thanks, John. Right, here we are at Hethel. We've found a quiet corner. Uh, you're listening to the voice here of John Marker, and sat beside me I have Amy Shaw. Hello, John Marker. Hello. We've lost Andy temporarily because I assume he's gone off to do either some sort of rehearsal or run-through or something involving the launch of the car that we're here to talk about. But joining us at this time, well, we've, we've, we've gone in with the big guns. We've got the boss, the big boss, the managing director of Lotus Cars. Matt Windle has joined us. Hello, Matt. Hello. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Good. Busy day, but uh, the excitement's mounting, so we're... Uh, Seven hours away, I suppose, yeah. from the show starting, so it's brilliant. That's right. Yeah, the point of us recording this this episode, this this segment, we are, yeah, 10 past 12, so we are seven hours away from the world seeing Lotus's latest car. And this is a really big, significant car, isn't it? Because Absolutely. we've got the last internal combustion car that Lotus is going to make. It's replacing three massive icons that have been huge for Lotus. Um, how are you feeling right now? I'm actually feeling relaxed now. Yeah. I, I kind I was this morning. I felt quite ill when I woke up. I was quite <laughs> nervous. Couldn't eat breakfast. Uh, but as as I've got into interviews and obviously talking to lovely guys like you, it, it settles me down. And I think we just I want to get on with it now. It's it's been um, it's been three years. I mean, there's hundreds of people that are involved in the process of getting a car to this point. 
Um, and I'm really proud to just be representing them today and putting the story out there, I think, which is the important thing is the car. And mm. But the reason we, we've invited everybody to Hethel, which I know is not the most convenient place <laughs> to come, um, is because we've transformed this place. We've spent over $100 million on the site, uh, built two new production facilities, one for Avaya, one for Amira, facilities that you've seen, staff looking after the staff, just improving the site throughout. So it's the relaunch of Hethel as well, which is as important part of today as it is about people seeing Amira. Perfect. And, I mean, it's, we're focusing today primarily on the future of what Lotus Cars is becoming. And, and as you say, I mean, you, you say it's £100 million worth of spend here. I last came to Hethel probably about five or six years ago. It is unrecognisable. Now, other than looking at the circuit and seeing where the circuit always has been, the buildings, everything down to the tarmac is new. Everything is just so fresh and shiny. There are trees that have clearly just been planted. It's, it's very exciting. But, of course, that's just the groundwork here. The, what's really exciting and the really futuristic stuff is what's happening with the cars now, of course, because we've seen, um, as of a few months ago, we, we saw the Avia, get launched and the world kind of went that's sorry sorry that's a lotus <laughs> that that's got a lotus badge on the front it did and stop it's the world in its tracks i think well, for, a, yeah. for a good moment it's it's like oh wow this is this is what lotus is looking forward to to, to, to producing and what else have they got up their sleeve i think is what a lot of a lot of people thought no you're absolutely right and, and i mean matt you and i were talking outside while standing next to one of the i guess it's a development car is it and we were saying, you know, it, the, every so often a manufacturer will come along and they will show off a car that looks just like the concept car. And it's become common practice now for so many, so many years. We've looked at really cool concept car drawings and diagrams and go, oh, wow, but it's not going to look like that, is it? And then suddenly something like the Avia comes out and you go, oh, right, OK, it is. It is. It's inc- an incredible looking thing. And that's, so that's, that's kind of next, next step, isn't it? Because that's full EV, full hypercar absolutely bonkers acceleration speeds but the car we're here to talk about today is is not an ev it's a combustion engine car and that is the emira correct so i mean as you say about avaya is i think i think what's important and we talked about this outside is we have a 10-year plan here and we have a, a strategy that we call envision 80 we set it when we were 70 years old back in 2018 wow. and it's going to take us through to 2028 and the thing that i'm enjoying about what we're doing here is I can see the strategy rolling out and it, it starts making sense to people. They understand. So Avaya, it was a halo product. It was to put our brand back out there so that people understood what Lotus could still achieve because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you ask them about Lotus and they go, oh, yeah, didn't they win some Formula One cars? But there's, a, a, and you've seen it walking around here, there's there's a proper car company here mm. and it's it's just been waiting for that investment and, and the strategy to be in place. So Avaya was always a halo product, reset the brand, get us noticed again with something that, as you said, you wouldn't expect Lotus to do. But now it's trickling down. So that design language is coming through to Amira. And, and what we're doing on Amira is we are taking Lotus to a whole new level um, of... Uh, it's, it's the most accomplished car that's ever come out of this site here. So be it the performance, the dynamics, the, the feel of the car, but then when you get inside the car... It's it's a car that you would you could spend many hours in infotainment mm. works the luxuries there you've got all the con, all the mod cons that you need storage and all those things that everybody gets used to but sometimes for Lotus that's you know that's been an inhibitor to sales so we're hoping that we can really reach a wider audience but whilst you've still got those core dynamics that, that 
you know, Jensen's here today. He's mm. out driving the car. Yeah, of He's got a massive smile on his face. Um, and I've, I've had a great, I'm lucky because I get the opportunity to drive the cars quite a lot. And I've loved it. I've loved that car for a long time now. And it's just so much fun. Excellent. The original idea of the design of the car, because obviously it is something that we've not seen before, and you talk about the design language um, of the Avaya as well, and was the original idea for this design kind of straight off the, the bat, thinking that that's going to be the next thing, or did it take a lot of concepts and working to be able to get to where you are, or is it pretty much, yeah, as as we see it today? It's interesting because, um, I mean, Russell Carr, our design director and his team, they're fantastic. I mean, one of the core principles for us is... We like simplicity and um, we like, we won't add anything that doesn't need to be there. And and Amira is a great example that you can actually make a car with positive downforce just through the aerodynamics. So we've got no active aero on there because we didn't need it. So then you get into, okay, so you've got no active aero, you keep the weight down, so you'll, you'll get in a lighter car that's giving you the performance you need. So that's, that's where the design language is coming from. But also... There's features in there that have been through every Lotus. If you know where to look, and we were talking about it outside, weren't mm-hmm. we, about what we call the Becker Corners. So you can always see where the top of the front wings are so you know where you're positioning the car. That goes in straight away. The driver, we like to be, we like them to be sat down in the car so they feel they're um, uh, kind of enveloped in it mm-hmm. and, and not sitting on top of it. So... Um, but that gives you a little bit of a hint of where we'll be going with the electric cars as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we we can achieve that package with where we're going with the next sports car as well. So, so so things like that. And then the controls are everywhere where you want them. We've, we've raised up the on, on the manual, we've raised up the gear shift 40 mil so that you just drop your hand off mm-hmm. the steering wheel. It's just, it's just um, efficient, simple. Everything's in the right place. So then from there, what we then try and trying to do is is wrap the shape as much around the around the car so that it's it's efficient again and we want it to look like it's muscular like it's ready to in the studio there's some there's some lovely photos of leopards as they're just you know they're running and things like that you can see those muscles so we work on that but the ultimate thing that we want to achieve is it has to be beautiful Mm. and i think i think if you look at avaya and then when people see a mirror next to it They'll go, yeah, they're beautiful cars, yeah. and and we always, um, I always joke with Russell as the design director that we want that, we want people to walk away from it and have to look back, mm. yeah, and that's what we try and yeah. achieve with this yeah. car. And uh, it, the, I mean, Amira's been in development now for over three years. That exterior shape has pretty much been there for two years, um, and that's how far we're ahead. So I've been seeing that shape for two, and I'm still not bored of it. <laughs> I know this sounds awful, and. Um, yeah, through my career, I've done a lot of cars into production. Sometimes you just get to a point where you're just fed up and looking at it. By <laughs> yeah, so it's all new to people, yeah. but yeah. you're just yeah. like, I just want this to get into production so we can go on and do something else sort of yeah. thing. I don't feel that with these cars at all. They're just, they're something, you know, it brings a smile to your face being associated with, to be totally That's honest. great. We, uh, Amy and I had a bit of a strange experience this morning because, of course, we, at the, t- at the time of recording this, we're, we're seeing the car ahead of time, so ahead of the official launch. And for the vast majority of the, of the world who are watching journalists and, and just fans of Lotus and fans of the brand, uh, for them, they get this big unveil and you know, it comes through dry ice and there out rolls the car. For, for Amy and I, it was we followed Jensen <laughs> yeah. from the canteen uh, because someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, right, it's time for you to hop in the car and go and see it. So we're walking along in the, in the rain, in the drizzle, and there, there it was, just sort of parked in the distance. And 
I think we all, myself and Amy and, and a few others from our crew, kind of walking along going, oh, wow, look, it, it's there. <laughs> it's it's there. like, it was so, because there was no big big cloth being pulled off, it was just there, parked in the car park kind of thing. It was, it kind of made it, if anything, a bit more special because you kind of had this immediate realisation of, that's it. That's the car that we've all been anticipating. We've all been looking forward to seeing it. And as you say, the design language, it, 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 it sneaks through both from past and ahead to the future. And I have to say, I'm sure myself and a lot of other people, I was really trying to work out the logic behind why, why are we seeing this like mad hypercar first before this other car comes along? But then, of course, it all makes sense when you see it. You're like, right, it's the perfect missing piece to the story that is currently being told. It's not... It's not a story that has been told or is going to be told. It's being told right now, and that makes it really, really exciting. I'm really pleased you say that, and it doesn't work on here, but I've got a smile on my face. <laughs> and it's exactly, you can hear it. it's exactly what I said is that I know, where, you know, we know the strategy, and it's rolling out, and it, it, as it starts, pieces drop into place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. There's always a lot of comments out there. I mean, the, the fact that we um, we say good, or we're saying goodbye to the legendary three E's as yeah. we call them, the Elisa Four and Exige. They're iconic cars, mm-hmm. but we we've needed to make that step change. We've needed to be uh, a car a company that can produce a quality product that goes up against the competitors properly. You know, yeah. and one of the big investments we've made here is an automated paint shop. So we've got the most modern automotive paint shop in the world because wow. as is the new, uh, as is the newest automated paint shop that still isn't commissioned fully. But that gi- that will give us a consistent quality on the cars. We've brought in semi-automation to the framing lines and things like that. So all of those investments are just to get us the quality we want, and our ambitions are to go further. So when when people realise that you can have a car that gives you the dynamics, the looks, it's unique still. You know, we're, we're going to be doing it in thousands, not hundreds of thousands. Um, but then you get the quality that you would expect from other products. I hope that's a winning that's a winning combination that's going to really make sense to people. I think so. I think so. We've seen only through a few photos, and um, Andy, who's usually hosting with us, has has had a, a quick behind the scenes glance through at the factory and say you know, he's been explaining about the difference in production lines. Now, I think we're all used to seeing a conveyor belt of cars that get dragged along, and as they go along the conveyor belt, there's a station of engineers that put bits and pieces on. That's not the case for the Amira, is it? the The production line is almost the reverse of that. It's Robotized is that what's you're probably going to be a, a million times better at explaining <laughs> this than I am, Matt. So, so what we've done in the sub assembly lines. So, uh, for for people that know Hethel, the existing factories where we build the cars, they're going to become sub assembly lines that feed into the main production hall. So the main production hall is new. But what we wanted to do in the main production hall is uh, is minimise what we call monuments, so fixed bits of uh, architecture that are in there because it gives us a flexible manufacturing space as well. Mm. So what we've done is we, we've we've put in a brand new um, wheel and headlight alignment. We've put in a brand new rolling road. We're putting in new monsoons. Everything's new, so you get the latest quality parts. But the main production hall, the cars go round on these AGVs as they're called, so automated guided vehicles mm-hmm. that are programmed by GPS to move to the right station around the track, <laughs> around the factory. So you you see these weird weird little um, things moving around the factory with car bodies on them, but. What is, what is brilliant about it is it's programmed as well for the right ergonomics for the operator. So it will come into station. If that's the station where they need to be working high up on the car, it will go up to the right level of oh, the ergonomics awesome. and things. So it, it's whilst it gives us an efficiency around the facility, um, it's also there for looking after our, our staff, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, it's the safest safest way to be moving these vehicles around, and it is it is quite funny to see them going around. It, yeah, it, it it was quite nice actually when because we're, we're still doing the prototype building there, and they they kind of build in the day. And then these guys come out and program the AGVs at night. So there's all these little AGVs buzzing around all over the place, but <laughs> nobody else is there. So it's kind of like it's kind of been a bit yeah, overrun, like Toy Story. O- overrun, <laughs> yeah, overrun by the uh, the robots as a, at night time sort of thing. It's, uh, yeah. I think I'd want to name them all just so you had some form of like personality to them. <laughs> yeah. So there's one that's a real pop- problematic one. Also. So they've already started saying. I, I, Again, it might be eight or nine, but like we hate AGV nine or something. So this poor thing is like it's already the hated one out of all of these AGVs. So yeah, he just keeps going left, and he should be going right or something. Like oh. that, so. Poor little thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it it all it does all sound very futuristic. Um, I don't actually know. Do you offer tours around your factory or for people to come and visit? Is that we, something that you'd want to do in the future if you don't already? We did before, mm-hmm. and we will again. I mean, uh, one of the one of the things that I really want to do with Heffel is to make it a destination place so people mm-hmm. can come, um, get involved in what we're doing. We, we're a very open company. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a very open boss around the, the company as well. So I think it's really important that people come and understand what we're doing. So the we have the track, so people can use the track, which is great. We've put in um, what we've called pit stop. So we for the restaurant, we we put out a few options of what we wanted to call it. The staff wanted to call it the pit stop. Um, so you can go there and have a lovely meal. We also had plans for uh, a museum. So uh, further down from where the restaurant is, we're going to put a museum in there. Um, we had to take a bit of a reality check with all of the work we had going on and concentrate on getting a mirror into production. But I'd like to get that restarted next year. We've been buying back historical cars um, Colin Chapman's last uh, company car and we've got a Mark 1 Elise and, and various other things like that so we've got loads of stuff that we can put into a museum and then we'll do the factory tours on top of that as well so it's uh, you know uh, we need to get the car into production yeah. early next year and then we'll think about that afterwards yeah. but yeah it's definitely something we want to do because that's um, one thing you became MD in January 2021 so this year yeah. when you got offered that role or, or you know that role came um to, in front of you did you think you know what I, I know exactly what i want to do to this company to to take it forward into the future or was this something you felt excited about or nervous about or how did you feel when that role became your role so it's interesting actually because um i've i was at lotus originally 90 uh 98 for seven years yes, and then you had a break and then you came back yeah and then i went to work for tesla uh, <laughs> and various others as well and then i came back in 2017 so getting on for four and a half years now which is great um and funny enough when i got given my exec position which was the exec director of engineering i struggled more than i did when i took the md role mm-hmm. so going into exec scenario where you're, you're in exec meetings you're doing board meetings the level of expectation of things was something very new and, and for a while I was kind of doubting myself and things like that but then two and a half years later I got offered the MD's role and it I honestly feel like it's, it's fitting like a glove for me I love it I'm very confident um I, d- I did know what I wanted to do and um there's uh, the people that have been in front of me have done a fantastic job but I am I always I always call myself a jobs list man so if you give me a jobs list, I'm as happy as anything. So it's it's I'm just used to just getting stuff done, making decisions. Um, I'm clear. I'm clear on communication. I'm, I'm open as well. So, um, but I think something that's beautiful here is I've come up. I've come up through when I first started at Lotus. Uh, you know, I, I was a, a CAD engineer and then I was an engineer and I've worked on the shop floor. So, a lot of people in the business I know. Um, 
which I think gives me a real unique insight because I can walk around and I can talk to anybody in the in the in the company and they you know they always tell you something that you other people probably didn't want you to know yeah. but it's just nice because it gives you it gives you instant feedback and I love that and then we can make decisions around it and things and it, I think it's just it's just I, a silly example is we needed to get something here yesterday for for um, the show and somebody said yeah I, I, oh, I've got to get it signed off and I've got to do this I've got to do that. I said just send an email to me and I'll send it back and say do it <laughs> and we'll catch up with the process afterwards sometimes yeah. you just need to unblock things yeah. to to get stuff done but um I, th- I think really important for me is putting the staff first as well. You know, we, the facilities we've improved, we're, we're, we're bringing in training. It's, it's been an interesting task, really, because since 2017, we've actually doubled the workforce here. So we had about 800 in 2017. We're off at 1680 now. And we need to take on another 200 this year, ready for the start of production for Amira. So that getting that mix of old, new, oh, we've always done it this way or this is how we did it at so-and-so um, and it's just communication and getting teams working which is, is I think is working very well everybody I think so <laughs> so I mean, I, mean um, I, I haven't actually seen it yet but we we do a we do a town hall where we do a briefing to all of the staff twice a year and this morning at 11 o'clock the town hall briefing went out to um, reveal the car to ev- to all of the staff so the staff always see the cars before the public do um, and yeah, I, I was I was being interviewed by somebody, so I haven't seen the film yet. So I, I hope it's good and it's gone down well. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's it's so refreshing to hear a managing director of a company, especially a car manufacturer, which can always sound quite daunting because it's so common in the modern motoring world to hear of a managing director that will go from one company to another, or there'll be you know perhaps an executive of one OEM that then goes to take on a MD role or a CEO role of another. And I think that can have such huge detachment from the workforce. But knowing that you are very much, are as much of the, the team that are here working on stuff, it, it, it clearly does make a big difference. Because even just walking around with you this morning and seeing the staff, it's it's not, you, you don't get that kind of nudging staff, nudging, oh God, look, there's the boss, look, look at your head down. It's just, everyone's like, hey, look, there's Matt, that's cool. And it's just, it's so nice to see. And, you know, I, we won't delve into into ages and, and demographics and things, but you seem really young. Like, it, I think this is another really refreshing thing to see in, in a managing director. It's somebody that's still young enough and in tune enough with the processes of things like, yeah, CAD design and engineering and the processes and the way that staff think I think it's such an it's such an integral part of the success of any business because sometimes MDs can become this alien creature that's out of reach and oh, I don't feel like I, I, I can go and talk to the boss but I feel like you were kind of doors always open kind of guy as opposed yeah, to yeah yeah I try to be thank you thank you for the kind words for making <laughs> me blush um, I, I try to be and one of the first things I brought in actually was. Uh, so we use us a lot a lot. So it's a play on Lotus, but yeah. it's how we describe our team. So it's us a lot do this, mm. us a lot do that. Um, so I bought in a thing we call Meet Us Lot. And I, I realised that some people have worked for the company for over a year and hadn't been to Ethel or hadn't left right. their house in this yeah, pandemic. Yeah. So the idea was, right, let's get five people together from all different departments, let them talk to Matt or let them talk to an exec. No agenda, no recording. You can say what you like, ask the questions you like. And it's worked really well. And um, now that some people are coming back 
we still have a policy here that you can only come on site if you needed to, but the mm. fact that we're building cars and um, new cars and engineers, a few more people are coming back. And it's great because you, you now see people that I would never have known who they are. And, you know, it just breaks down those barriers, but it also makes them feel part of a team as well. Oh, things like that. So, yeah. but there, there was a, a little bit of a story you were saying about this. I, I was walking through the factory um, the other day with a senior manager. Somebody walked past and he went to me, are you all right, mate? I went, yeah, yeah, not too bad. And and walked away and the, the senior manager w- w- was just chuckling. He said, I've never heard anybody say that to an MD. <laughs> and I just went, no, that's all right. We used to play football together about 10 years ago, so I know him well. So, you know, that that's... and. Uh, you know, if they feel comfortable around you, I think they. Completely. It's what you want, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, and that team, Lotus is a. It, it's always it's a place that's really close to my heart. Um, but I think it gets under your skin, and I, I think I think even you guys being here today, hopefully you feel part of it. We're open. Definitely. We're you know we like you having a look around, and it, it's that's what we want to do. The, the growing the family is is what we want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been to another manufacturer or car, car company where I've had so many people who I don't know who probably don't know who I am either but just asking is everything all right can I get you anything and I don't know where they work I don't know what they do but everyone's just so lovely and welcoming and kind and it's just it's yeah. just great isn't no it? I completely second that and it's from I suppose from my point of view with photography as well people always are a bit funny with me when I'm walking around car factories with cameras and mm. I've not had one person say are you meant to be here are you, are you, are you, you know what's this all about people kind of understand what's going on and are welcoming and say oh you know they've been like oh who are you here with with Driven Chat and I'm like yeah you know we're, we're, we're here doing this today and it's nice to, to feel welcomed and not feeling like I'm not meant to be anywhere because I don't work here or I'm only a visitor or whatever and it's, yeah. it is an immediately welcoming place and like even when you know when we, we first met this morning um, in your lovely new what I felt was a resort of your <laughs> I don't know what the building is called, your, your canteen. I think it was your canteen. I thought, this is lovely. And, you know, you just came up and you're like, oh, hi, I'm Matt, and just started chatting away. It wasn't like a, we were introduced and there was this ceremony and, like, <laughs> yeah. you may now bow to Matt. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very kind of, yeah, like, we just, you're like, if you've got a cup of coffee, do you want anything? And, yeah. uh, no, it was it was a very welcoming place. And as, I think there are quite a few manufacturers that don't, I think they're um not too, not, not becoming too big necessarily, but when you have got, tens of thousands of people running around it, it does suddenly you're not you, uh, the the person that works at, at lotus you become just another person as you said for the fact that you can relate to each of these you know your members of staff and they feel like they can relate to you it's more of a it's probably cliche using the word family but it is more of a family than yeah. a necessarily a, a manufacturer that's just on about the product and that is it so um no i think that actually comes across in what you produce because you think actually you know what we can produce something that is a little bit different and as you said will make you look back again as you've walked away and that's yeah. a special thing thank you again it's uh I'm, I'm really glad you're seeing that and that that's coming across because that's that's the ethos we're trying to to instill and, and and the way we want to be but you know no doubt about it i mean it, the show will be great today mm-hmm. and the cars are performing and things like that but so many people have put in so many hours to get yeah, us to course. this point. You know, it's it's probably still a bit like a swan out there now. People running around. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, we made the decision about um, about five o'clock last night that we were going to bring in some tents just because we couldn't yeah. predict the weather. So yeah. there's you know it's all so it's all going on. So, but that's that's what they that's what they do here. You know, people just get on board with the idea. They understand it. They they understand what we're trying to do. It was quite nice because the uh, mirror was just out in the car park now. 
because the staff have now seen it and there's swarms of them around mm. it. We've done a really good job actually of keeping it tight um, around because we wanted to have a big impact today. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the staff haven't seen the car. It would have been the first time they saw it today. Excellent. So it's just it's just great, you know. Yeah. To, uh, it's an to, exciting day. Yeah. It's a really exciting day. So we've talked a little bit about, obviously, we've got the Amira that's um, coming out today and it's all really exciting. We've got the Avia that we're seeing is going to be in the not-too-distant future. People are going to be buying those and having I them delivered as well. wait to is, see those on the road. It's going to look so good. <laughs> actual spaceships rolling around <laughs> on the road. I'd like to delve a little bit further into the future, if that's okay, and maybe pick apart some of that future vision for you. Because obviously the car world is, is dramatically changing. We are at this really crucial chapter um, where we're saying goodbye to internal combustion engines and we're looking ahead to electrification or will it be hydrogen or will it be something else that comes along like biofuels um, and of course autonomy you know we've got so much of this this book is still yet to be written and we're all kind of just along for the ride aren't we as, as opposed to knowing exactly how it's going to pan out what is your vision what do you where do you think things are going well I haven't got a crystal ball um, <laughs> and uh, it is like you say. It's a it's a real transition period in the automotive trade. Um, we we're going to go full electric. We're committed to that. Um, we are looking through through the products that we offer people and the way that we interact with people to simplify that and make it more modern. Yeah. So we will go into direct selling. We will increase our product range as well. So we've talked about the lifestyle cars. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be produced in China. And the sports cars are going to be produced in the, in the UK at Hethel. So that's part of our strategy. But mm-hmm. what we want to do is increase the volume so we can then invest in more products. So we can we can be technology leaders again, which yeah. is where we want to be, and, and innovators. The, I suppose the big question around it is the infrastructure that goes with it. Isn't yeah. it? Is, yeah. and, and I know there's lots of questions about, well, I, I live on the eighth floor. Yeah. Um, how do I charge my car and things like that? So there's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. and. There's a lot of work that needs to be done by um, by the government and by the industry as well for battery supply, mm-hmm. rules of origin that we've got to be making parts in Europe and things like yeah. that. So there is a lot of work to go. Um, as far as sharing cars is concerned, I think it will change. I mean, I'm, uh, I have heard some people say that they don't think they'll ever own a car and if they do, they share it. Yep. So we've been looking at that ownership model as well. How can we get into it? Because... We always talk about sports cars. You never, nobody ever needs a sports car, That's do right. they? Yeah. So you've got to make them so they're desirable and they want one. But it's still it's still an aspiration. But even if it's a shared thing or something like that, yeah. so we're, we're looking at shared ownership options as well. Um, and then autonomy is... I don't know how that... I really don't know how that's going to go. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of getting a bit of negative press at the moment around yeah. some of the things that are out there. We said... Any autonomy that we we add to the sports cars will only be for the driver enhancement. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've talked about. Uh, so Gaff Kershaw's been here today. You've seen him. Yeah. He's been out driving. So yeah, we've 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 been talking about having a you know an electronic gav or something. See, so, <laughs> so you could be on a, you could be on a track and uh, he would he would show you you know the car would show you the lines to drive sure. so that you could improve your driving. We'd only want to do something like that on a heads up display that'd, or something. That'd be really cool. I. I can't see why you would have a sports car and and, and let let a computer drive. drive it for yeah. you. I just no. I just to me that doesn't make sense. But who knows? Who mm. knows where it goes in the future? It, it's too hard to say. Um, but legislation, uh, consumer demand, and um, 
and environmental requirements. We've got to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that was that was great that we were rewriting our strategy three or four years ago, as I said, for Vision 80. We weren't wedded to an engine. We weren't wedded to a nameplate even, really. Yeah. Um, so it gave us the flexibility that other manufacturers possibly haven't got for us to go out and say, actually, we're going to do this and we're going to commit to it. Yeah. As a UK manufacturer with so much pressure now and everywhere it is the hot topic of by 2030 we won't be able to go into a showroom and buy a internal combustion car anymore there's all these other areas of rumors and speculation or we're going to have to do this or we're going to have to do that or have this or be ready for that how do how do you feel as md do you feel like you're getting support from the government with the process of it or is it kind of a you, is there a, some some loose guideline that's offered to you somewhere that says can you just this is what you need to comply with off you go get on with it how does that work because i think from from the consumer side we just assume that there's this well-oiled machine constantly turning around and and going oh well then this needs to happen in order for us to be able to manufacture this and and the government have put in this scheme that's going to encourage that but then of course we've seen in the past year with things like covid we've realized oh they're just humans like us and they have to kind of make it up as we go along, don't we, in order to make it work. How is it for you as, a, as an MD, of a, as a car manufacturer? Does it add a lot of pressure? Is it scary? Is it something you're kind of feeling okay about? Or? So we don't like surprises. Mm. Uh, and, and the problem with automotive is it's a long-term investment and long-term developments yeah. f- for where, where we need to get to. Um, uh, the SMMT are brilliant. Yeah. You know, they're really good... Um, body that are looking after us as an industry well connected with government and and keep us informed of what's going on government support could be better mm-hmm. but i mean I, I wouldn't i wouldn't wish what those guys have been on through the last two years on anybody I, me knowing what it's like to run this business day to day and where some things go off how on earth they've got through that covid yeah and so money is tight, but they're still committed to green energy. They're committed to development, the automotive trade. So we're trying to help them. We're trying to have um, high-level conversations around where we want to go. And I think they need to know the direction of travel as much as we need mm. to know their thinking. And then you can you can determine policy and investment together and try and get the best out of it. There's still, still a lot of uncertainty around what's the change is now coming out of Brexit and European course, competition yeah. laws and things. I mean, Brexit for us, we coped with quite well. I mean, we, we were low volume anyway, mm. um, but we managed to get the products in the right markets before it hit. We managed to, we, we bought in some more materials to cover production. The only issue we really hit hit was when, when there was a car park outside Felixstowe that nobody could get any containers in. There. So that, that was the main issue, but part supply has been okay for us. Um, so we would always want more. Mm. Um, it'd be great for the government to commit to putting a, a, an electric charger on the corner of every street or something <laughs> like that, but the investment's massive in that. So, but we're working closely. I think, I think for us as well, uh, as much as we're trying to get out and and show the world that we can we can make brilliant cars and uh, we have a plan and things like that, we need to do the same with government, and you need to do the same with your backers. Mm. It, uh, we've got to get that story out that there is a there's a plan here. We're committed. We know where we're going. This is what we're doing, and um, it, so the relationships, relationships, good. Excellent. Just trying to think. Is anything else I want to ask? <laughs> That's okay. This, uh, this has been fascinating. Just listening to you chat about the company and about the cars, and I suppose um, 
yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see where where the future of of Lotus is going to be. Where your in terms of where your cars go from here, are a lot of your um, customers UK based? Are they worldwide based? Where are we going to be able to see some of these cars? All over the world. So we're we're homologating Amira, so it can go to the states and go to China. Europe. Um, last year in Europe, actually, Germany was our largest market, which oh, I was wow. quite surprised yeah. about, I must admit, because there's some quite nice sports cars over there. Yeah. Um, so we want to see growth in America. I mean, America for us at the moment is doing incredibly well. Mm. They love the GT that's gone over the Avora GT. Mm. It's going down. Uh, I mean, we've had the biggest sales months we've had for the last three months there. Great. Um, China's a big area for growth for us, and obviously with Geely being there and the support that we're giving... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will take off very well, uh, and uh, it, we've done the car with with two different powertrains, two different um, capacities as well. So we've got a two liter and a, and a three and a half liter, and the two liter will be perfect for China. That's that's just yeah. what they want. They want a DCT two liter, low tax. You know that's that's the type of thing. I hope I think that product will go very well there. So we want to gr- we want to grow everywhere. Um, but it's not just about the product. It's about growing the, the retail network, reinvesting in the retail network, um, developing the staff to be able to cope with that, the parts supply for after sales, all of those things. Just the, the jobs list is, if you actually stop and think about it, it'll blow your brain. So yeah. you, <laughs> just just, just, you just kind just of have to deal with... Wibble, yeah. But it's just, I've got a fantastic team. Yeah. Um, I've changed the exec around a little bit since I've been in, but it's really starting to come together now. And you can see people are covering each other and they're understanding that we're all moving forward. And and I'm really excited about the future. And, and uh, yeah, we are too. Yeah, really, really genuinely. I think today has been a real eye opener. And we've not even seen the launch yet. This is the best <laughs> bit. All we've seen is these little behind the scenes snippets. But it's just been amazing watching the reactions of people around, as you say. That, that nice little gathering just before we started recording here where a lot of your factory staff seeing the car for the first time and just seeing these elated faces of like, this is ours, we did this. And yeah, it's great. So the car goes into production beginning of next year, 2022. At the end of the first quarter, yeah. So yeah. so if, if there are people out there that are thinking, right, I've seen the car now because they've obviously watched the launch, they've seen it on social media, they want to buy the car, when... Uh, when do you think people are going to start seeing these arrive on driveways? So we are we're taking deposits for cars now. Um, so yep, sign up for your, <laughs> yeah, to get to get a good loan number. Um, we will start specking the cars from September, so the full price pricing range will be uh, announced then. But I think uh, I think it's, we haven't mentioned it, but the base car starts at under sixty k. Which when you see yeah. when you see the content that's in that car that comes as standard on the base car, I think that's good value for money, and hopefully oh, everybody else leaves. Yeah. Um, We'll be doing the press drives early next year. First deliveries will start from April, so we'll start we'll start in European markets because they're close close at hand. It's easier to manage, but then we'll be rolling out to China soon after, and uh, and the US after that. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And you hinted at lifestyle cars mm. and some that might be built over in China. Yeah. What what can we expect there? <laughs> or, or is that top secret? <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I am I digging too deep in here, Matt? So. Anyway, back to Amira. No, 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 no. I think um, uh, we are building a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, we're building a factory in China with a, lo- a decent capacity as well. And there'll be more news later this year. Is all I'll say. Okay. Ooh, Exciting. I like that. That's good. That's a good little. Uh, it's a good little 
watch this space there, isn't it? We've been rejoined by an Andy J who's just popped in. Hello. Um, hi. Have you successfully... So, Matt, um, yesterday we were sort of having a slight haggle because you were very keen to offer me an Amira for a slightly reduced price. <laughs> uh, yesterday we, we, we kind of got £10 off. Yep. Is there, I mean, is there any movement on that? I'll, d- I'll double it today. I'm feeling generous. Oh, See, I, I mean, if I just keep asking every day, <laughs> if I keep coming back for 300 or 400 days, then I might be able to afford one. It, I mean, it's it, like you say, for what you're, I mean, it's going to sound like a sales tape, and I don't want it to sound like mm. a sales tape because that's not what we're here for. But it is a staggering amount of car for the money. I've just had a chat to Jensen, who's just come out of it, and he's blown away. I mean, he's like, it's ridiculous. Is he going to take up my challenge if he likes it or buy one, do you think? Well, he's already bought your, your expensive one, hasn't he? So <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is nothing compared to that. So. Can, we tell no. him, can we tell him about the jacket? <laughs> I think, I think uh, yeah, Jensen being here is fantastic, but he's here as a customer and it's, um, obviously he's, a, he's an important customer to us because you, you get good feedback that's that's valuable, but it's just the enthusiasm for the products is, and he, he was getting out, he was going, oh, I love this bit and I love that and the way you thought about it and, I, you know, and, and we've spent hours, hours and hours and hours um on this car, just playing with switches, positions, the right. height of the the gear shift, and all the things that he said when he got out, you're just like, yeah, okay, we tick, we, tick, 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 yeah. tick, we did a long but time. You know, so. I have to say, there was a lovely moment when you were recording, where Jensen was, he just brought the car right outside where we're recording, and he, he basically needed a wee, so he was popping <laughs> in for a wee mid, mid-lapse, and that's where I was chatting to him. So the car was just. So you followed there. Jensen into the toilet, Andy. No, I, I wasn't allowed <laughs> to do that. His security was very negative about it. Jensen's the king. Um, but th- there he was out there, letting the car idle. By the time he'd come back, the crowd of guys working here, guys and girls that had just surrounded the car, and they hadn't come out to see Jensen. They'd come out to see the car. Yeah. I mean, obviously Jensen was a big bonus for them. But they were all their phones were out. They were excited because obviously they've seen the videos and. They've worked on different parts of the production line because they were from various different parts of across the plant. But there was just, I'm not sure how many manufacturers you'd have that level of passion just from the guys that work here day in, day out to see the new car on the floor. It was really good to see, actually. Which is great. Uh, uh, we're talking about it a little bit earlier, but we, uh, we've done a town hall at 11 o'clock this morning where we showed the launch to the staff. We always like the staff to see the cars before the public do. I haven't actually seen the video because I've been oh, I've right, been talking. Right, so uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's all right. Um, and uh, uh, so it's it's just fantastic. And, and and that's you know that's what Lotus is to the core. Really, it's no there's no oh no you can't see this you know you're not involved. It, it's it's we're just all in it together. And I think I think that passion comes through in the products. And I hope I hope um, I hope people understand what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve, and. I'm really keen. I, I like to think I'm pretty down to earth. Um, I'm really keen that we just keep our feet on the ground, keep doing what we do well, and and um, give the customers what they want. Really, I know that sounds a bit corny, but yeah. it is for the drivers, and that's what it's about. That's it. Love it. We got twenty pounds off, John. We'll we, we keep working. Yeah, on that. absolutely. I'm I'm keen. We can fight over a colour. Well, I, I mean, the blue is very, very, oh, very, see, very, I'm, very nice. I'm more for the grey, I have to say. Grey, yeah, oh, I, see, I everyone's need a green. going grey. Everyone, but this is the thing: you're going to see lots of the grey ones. I think blue is going to become rarefied and exclusive. What yeah. do you? Th- you like the grey too, don't you, Matt? That's the trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm arguing against two. <laughs> like oh, well, I've I've bought a an Elise, which we talked about yesterday. Yeah. So I've gone for the Azure blue, which is the darker oh, blue. That is, it's the one color. that's the car yeah. that's in the uh, the car ballet, as they're calling it. Um, and uh, I'm re- that's a, like historical colour that the first Elise's came out in, and I, I like that. Mm. So I am a blue person. 
I think the Seneca blue is a little bit bright, personally. but uh, It pops. It's yeah. a sense of occasion. But <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, probably because we've seen it with flames either side. And yes. Yeah. Any colour with flames. <laughs> yep. I mean... I, I, if they're going to give me one, I'll take any colour they're going to give me. <laughs> I will echo that statement <laughs> to the MD. <laughs> oh, this has been absolutely brilliant. Matt, thank you so much for joining us and, and for yeah being so generous with your, your time and, and just... Again, it's a reflection of the company. It's a reflection of every single member of staff that we've met today, just being so open and welcoming and generous with their, their time and, and everything they have to offer. It's just been wonderful to see it. I think the, the this transition next chapter stage for Lotus is so exciting, and I personally can't wait to see what's still to come. I think it's it's really exciting, and I, I hope you are just as excited. It looks like you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- thank you for having me. I mean, it's, it's just great, and it? We can just sit here and chat all day. It's, yeah. uh, but unfortunately, I have got to go off and do some work. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I, yeah, I'm so I'm so proud. I mean, I, I'm I'm. It's not about me. I'm standing up here representing all of the hundreds of people that work here. They should be incredibly proud of what they've achieved. And um, yeah, look. Let's, let's, let's keep going and uh, really enjoy the ride, which is it's what it's about, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, we are back here at the launch day of the Lotus Emira here at Hethel at the Lotus Facility Factory Design Studios and all other various wonderful new features. And, of course, Test Track. I almost forgot to mention the Test Track. <laughs> um, you're listening to the voice of John Marker sat beside me once again. I have Amy Shaw. Hello, Amy Shaw. Hello, John Marker. Uh, are, you, are you well? I am. I, it's, it, for the first time, we are here with somebody, not just yourself, who has a man with car in his name. This is true. This is true. I will let you introduce our guests. <laughs> <laughs> they do say that all uh, only the most authentic people in the automotive industry have the word car in their name somewhere, and I have it in mine. And here I am sat opposite Russell Carr, who happens to be the designer of the car that we are here to celebrate today. Well, I'm, I'm design director, so I'm responsible for a team of people oh. who've done it, but... Uh, I've done a bit of meddling on the design as well, so I've been very involved. I did do a little bit of research. You went to uh, Coventry University to study automotive design, is that right? That's right, yeah. So, so. really, you, you have learned from, from the, the, the mecca of car design. Very much so, yeah. No, I mean, that was the place to go in the UK if you wanted to study car design. And uh, you learn from the tutors and you learn from your peer group and people who were in my year year above or below you know they've all gone on to do things in the automotive industry as well so uh, it's a very small world we, we work in but uh, yeah great college we we have an outfit not far from coventry we're regulars at caffeine and machine which mm-hmm. you might have heard of and we're usually on a tuesday afternoon we'll be doing our recordings there and of course there it's just surrounded a lot of the bar staff there are recent graduates in design all, all eager to get into that world so yeah it's um in my day we didn't have anything quite as exciting as it, exotic yeah. locally <laughs> as that but uh, <laughs> uh but so uh, yeah coventry's changed a lot the it university's has. taken over the center of the uh of the city hasn't it and the course i was on has just expanded and become yeah. more and more established so it's, re- it's really good to see yeah and we as brits we're pretty good at designing cars aren't we Yes, definitely. No, there are there are Brits everywhere you go, and yeah. certainly you bump into people you're at college with or you had some connection with. But yeah, all over the world, and uh, yeah, various times there've been Brits who've been head head of Ford and GM and various places. So uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, but it's you know, it is a nation of of car lovers, isn't it? Absolutely, it's, uh, car right. obsessives. So uh, yeah, 
So it's one good thing about being an island that love cars is that we all kind of like keep in this one little passionate world and forget about the rest of the world often. And then we're like, <laughs> oh, hey, here's, some, here's something we've produced. We hope you all like it too. Um, but you came to Lotus in 1990. I've got written on my bit of paper. That's is correct, that correct? Yeah. And so did you come to Lotus as a designer? Did you come in as, as something else and work your way back into design? How? Did, or what was your, your initial role in Lotus? So, yeah, I joined as a designer at Lotus. I've been working at a company in Coventry called MGA. Um, and interestingly, the chief designer at, or, or the head of design at that particular company was Peter Horbury, who is vice president of design at uh, Geely currently. So he's back being my boss, effectively. <laughs> um, but yeah, I came here, worked for a guy called Julian Thompson, who was then uh, head of design. And we were a very small team. There were, uh, it was Julian, and myself and one other designer within the design team. And we had a couple of clay modellers, so very, very small and uh, yeah, the department since then has, has continued to grow, do lots of new products for Lotus and throughout the 90s and early 2000s we did lots of consultancy work for other companies as well and during that period yeah, I moved up the ranks and when Julian left I took over the department. Amazing. I was about to jump right in on the, on the Amira, the reason why we are all here today. Is that something that you had dreamt up or your team had dreamt up a long time ago and you just thought at some point this is going to be we're going to put pen to paper and this is going to become something from pen to paper to clay model to something we're going to see on this track outside or was it something that needed a lot of thought process before you got to the point that you're that we're at now to to, to see the car that is currently sat outside well, well as designers we're always dreaming about <laughs> the next car that's the nature of it um you know we're particularly at lotus we're always dreaming of the the next sports car um Obviously, the sequence of events was that the Amira followed the Avaya, and the Avaya was always intended to be, as it has been, a statement of a new design language. So obviously, there are, there are many obvious links between the two cars, so that informed uh, the Amira. But obviously, it's designed for a different place in the market, different price, different type of customer, different usage. So we've obviously had to adapt and solve different problems while we've been uh, uh, developing the Amira. So I think it's got... It's got very close links, so, uh, you know, as a, a customer of the Amira, who wouldn't want a little bit of hypercar glamour mm. on their driveway? But equally, it's designed for those people to use every day, and it's got such a broad use pattern with that car. You know, you can use it as an everyday car. It's not going to ask anything of you if you just want to use it to go to and from work. But if you're an enthusiast driver and you want to drive it a little bit harder on the road or drive it very hard on the track it's going to deliver, you know, that's what we're about, thrilling performance, we're all about being for the drivers. But equally, on this car, specifically, we thought about everyday usability as well. Mm. And talk me through the process of getting to this point, because, of course, you, you mentioned it there, the Avia came forward as a, that was the big announcement, really, wasn't it, of, yeah. hey, here's what we're heading towards now. Mm. Which, And we had this conversation with, with Matt earlier on, which is... I think for a lot of people, me especially, you always think that it should be the the story of progression of look. Here's our next step after the mm. the famous three, the Exige, the Elise, and the Evora, and you think right, that we need to see that car that replaces them, and then maybe after that we'll see the big Halo car. Mm -hmm. But you flipped it round. It was Halo car first, and then saying, right, this is now the direction we're heading in, and mm -hmm. here we are with this new car. What were the challenges in trying to get that middle ground between the people that already clearly love the Elise, Exige and Evora and wanting to keep them happy but at the same time trying to capture that excitement of everyone that's looking at that Avia and going good lord that's fantastic was that a difficult thing to do or was it 
easier than are you going to sit there and go, no, it's quite easier. I mean, I think that a design process, there's always challenges in a, in a design process for sure. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's what our job is. That's that's what we're, we're paid to do. Um, I think um, I'm losing track a little bit on what I was going to say on there, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a specifically unusual challenge. And I think we're very well placed to answer it because we've all, the majority of the design team have worked at Lotus for a reasonable length of time plus mm. we also have some younger people there so we can can understand what's important you know for lotus values first of all so we make that connection but by nature because we're designers we obviously always want to push things and do things that which are new as well of course so that sort of comes uh, naturally and of course there are some very specific functional technical targets we have to support and meet as well which draws us that there but when we start any program you know we always think about What's going to make it a lotus? Mm. We think about we've got to make it beautiful. We've got to make it modern. We've got to make it memorable. Um, we've got to make it look thrilling to look at because we want to differentiate ourselves from other people. And when we say we want to make it look like a lotus, well, there are the obvious things, certain sort of forms and lines and features. So you've probably heard me say before, we like to create cars with quite soft, fluid uh, surface language. Mm-hmm. We want the cabin to look hunkered down in between the wheels. We want very muscular haunches on the car. And that's really to make the car look planted on the road, Mm. make it look athletic and agile so it looks like it drives. You know, the car is an agile car, so you obviously want the visuals to be consistent with that. Mm -hmm. But then then the more fundamental Lotus philosophies that we always try and bake into it, you know, we want to be efficient with our aerodynamics. Mm. We want to uh, support the driving dynamics of the car and we want to be efficient in terms of weight as well. So we kind of have those uh, signposts to help us um, guide us in some way and check what we're doing. And and we're constantly saying, is this a Lotus? Is it modern? Mm. Is it memorable in what we're doing? Um, So that helps. But then on top of that, it's, it's the work, as I say, of a design team to come up with new ideas and be creative and that's why you have a group of people usually working on it who push one another relentlessly you know by pushing it to one level and mm. then pushing it to the next level and pushing it further and further etc um obsessively usually have you found that um working from home over over the last year not having that in person like bouncing off each other as designers has that been affected at all in your kind of process for, for new designs that i don't know may or may not be thought about or I, I certainly miss being together with everybody because it is very much a it's very much a team sport. I was saying to someone, not that I'm a musician at all, but the nature of what we do, I guess, is a bit like a musician when they when they jam. You know, you have a, a shared vision first of all, and people have some ideas they bring in collectively. You bring something together to create something, and it's a lot easier when you're all in one place and you're all standing around a clay model and you're all seeing it evolve together. But the great thing really is because we've worked together as a team for a while, we kind of know how we work, one another works. And certainly with the digital tools we use now, we're able to look at computer models. We're sometimes able to, you know, uh, do video conferencing, maybe looking back at clay models if we want to look at that as well. So the tools are there to help us communicate when we're off-site working across the country. And we didn't totally off-site all the time. We did like the guidelines suggested. We 
you know, we, we came back on site when it was necessary mm-hmm. to do it. So if we had to review a clay model or a, or maybe a verification model where we're looking at the assembly of parts, we came back on site to, to do that. So it was certainly different. But uh, it seemed to work. Uh, it seemed to work pretty well, actually. But uh, yeah, you miss you miss the camaraderie of being all together. Um, <laughs> maybe, my, maybe my colleagues wouldn't say that. Maybe they, they're glad not to be with well, me. Well, the thing is, in my head, I imagine that you. This is completely a romanticised version of probably what it is. Yeah. But I imagine you all get coffee in the morning, then you're like, "Hey, bring a sketchbook." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've got this idea of a wing mirror, and then you're like, "Well, I've got this idea," and you kind of like shuffle paper around a big table, and you're like, "Yes, I like yours," but I guess it doesn't quite happen like that. <laughs> It's it's not quite as romantic as that, but it's not so far <laughs> really? off the truth. Oh, that makes uh, me happy. <laughs> um, there's a mixture because the older guys like me will bring a cup of tea, <laughs> the middle ones will bring a coffee, and then the young guys sometimes, for some reason, just they don't drink either of that. They're too healthy for that. They're drinking, you know, <laughs> they're drinking water or something. But yeah, they people do. By nature of what we do, we eat, sleep, and drink the thing. You know, it's an obsession. So you'll find that people have gone home. They've been watching something on YouTube. They've read a magazine. They've been sitting in front of the TV. They've sketched something, and they say, "What do you think about this?" Um, and you know, ninety-nine percent of the time, it's great. Sometimes it's difficult because you go, "Oh, it's a little bit late to do that change," or "That looks expensive." But that's that's the process, and our job is always to push things to the, to the edge. So we we usually drive the financial people and the engineers to distraction because we're <laughs> we're never ever happy at all. Um, so it's one of the most difficult questions people ask you is you know are you excited? Are you enthusiastic? Well, as a, was a designer, yes, you are, but equally you're always looking for the next. Mm-hmm. We could have done this. We want to do this next, you know, because that's you know you, you just got pent up creativity. Hopefully, always inside you. I guess so. Do you ever find with the creative side of designing a car, do you ever get the equivalent of, say, writer's block? Like mm. sometimes you want to you want to write an article as a journalist. Sometimes you, you can drive a car and you can be really inspired by it, but you go to put pen to paper and you just think, it's just not working today. Do you have the same with car design? Or I think you go you certainly go through phases where you get a certain blockage. You you probably at the start of a programme there's always a, there's always lots of ideas and you're usually very excited that that you've got several themes and you have to narrow it down typically we would progress two or three themes into some form of model whether or not it's digital or or uh, clay um and then as you progress sometimes you stand back and you think yeah have we pushed hard enough mm. have we done enough here and sometimes the response comes instantly people have an answer and then sometimes you you have to maybe pull some additional people onto it who perhaps haven't been working on it so we start with mm. a lot of people and a lot of ideas we narrow down and then at those points when there may be a bit of blockage, you open it up again and you get some fresh eyes on it. Yeah. And then you, you go again. And when we had that, for example, on the Avaya, the now kind of very well-photographed taillights, the yeah. ribbons that go around the exit ducts on the back. That wasn't on the car originally. The ducts were there, but not the actual uh, lights. And, and it was... We just well, we could do a bit more on this, and um, so a few people had an idea, and it was uh, one of our younger younger designers came up with the idea. And uh, at the time, we went, "Well, this is really cool, but I don't think this is going to work legally, or we're of not going to get, yeah. we're not going to be able to manufacture it." But let's ask. And you know, fortunately, it works. Um, we obviously pushed quite hard to make sure <laughs> someone yeah. someone would tell it to work. But yeah, you you do to answer your question in a long way. Yeah, we we do we do get. Uh, creative block occasionally but that's the beauty of working as a team that you can you can re-energize the, the system what is it that tends to what's more of a block in the design process is it the a battle with engineers 
yes, that looks lovely, but we can't build it that way? Or is there, I know that often things like pedestrian safety and other safety compliance things need to step in. Is there is there a lot of what you aspire to do that sometimes just gets, you get a big red stamp of sorry, but no? It's definitely, I mean, the, the, the opportunities for there to be obstacles comes from all directions. It can be a creative obstacle where you just think, we haven't done something that is fresh enough mm. or something that isn't appropriate for Lotus. You know, maybe it doesn't look sporty enough or lightweight enough. But, yeah, we certainly have to work around, obviously, manufacturing processes, costs, legal uh, regulations, all those things, you know, uh, aerodynamic criteria, etc. The benefit, obviously, if you've done uh, cars enough time, and particularly sports cars, you have an instinct to know... Um, the bumper height's got to be approximately this height and we're going to need this sort of distance. Of course, we always need the, the uh, technical guys, the engineers, t- to give us more finite um, solutions on it. And then the challenge usually is working together to sometimes find the best compromise t- to work around those, um, you know, those hard points, those, those challenges that gives you the performance you want visually but also the performance you want technically. Um, and, uh, you know, it... it you forget about it afterwards, but it, it's amazing how many questions you have to answer in a, in a design process. And some of them come easily, you know, some of them you, you don't, it might, you know, without sounding too grandiose, at my level I perhaps don't see them all because mm. there are decisions being made, you know, every minute, every hour of the day, but there's certainly sometimes some some big challenges that come up and, you know, we all have to get together and we all, we all have to put our thinking heads together and... Um, Again, experience, knowing within Lotus, well, who are the who are the appropriate heads we can bring in from, you know, body engineering or interiors group or from ride and handling or wherever it might be who can help solve that. And that's that's one of the things as well, which I suppose is, is part of the management process I, to, I, I go through as well. Cool. With the Emira, there, is there a specific part of the, I'm going to say the exterior design that you are thinking, that that was clever, I'm really glad that we managed to get that, or I really specifically like this part of it? And if so, what is it and why? I think for me, overall, the fundamental thing with the exterior of the Amira, um, we can talk about the interior separately, mm. but the exterior is really just the proportioning of the car is, is the number one thing because I think the car's got fantastic proportions for a car and its class. You know, it looks low, hunkered down, shrink-wrapped. It looks like a compact supercar, yeah. which gives it an exotic, glamorous feeling that perhaps marks it out from some really good competitors in the segment. You know, it gives us a little bit of an edge. So that's one thing. If I was picking out, you know, specific uh, features um, on the front of the car... I'm still really happy with the exit vents you get on the bonnet, the sort of boomerang nostrils you get on the top. Mm. They obviously tie it directly into a via, so it's a good family link. And for me, it's a really nice symbol of what Lotus is about, which is about form and function working together. And I know that's a terribly overused designer phrase, but if you, you know, around us today, you'll see some of the classic Formula One cars as well as the classic road cars, and pretty much every one of them is not only technically innovative, but it's also beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really important for us to get the two things working together. And you know, I was, t- I was told as a young lad, you know, with aircraft, if it looks right, it flies right. And there's the same sort of thing with cars. And what's clever with those boomerang outlets is that fundamentally they work the same as we have on the Elise and the Exige and the Aurora, but they look very different. They look more elegant, sophisticated, which kind of ties in with this supercar thing. 
but actually technically they work more efficiently as well. So if you had Richard Hill, our aerodynamicist here, he would be going off on a long spiel about <laughs> some sort of vortices that rolls off the edge and it then helps drag the air out of the vents, which makes them work much more efficiently. So I'm really pleased I'm really pleased with that. You know, I think that's a great signature on the car. And it and it fits with Lotus really well because it's form and function. So uh, if Mr. Chapman is looking down, hopefully he's uh, <laughs> hopefully he's approving he's of that. Nod I, think he, <laughs> I think he's definitely nodding with approval for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm always fascinated to know when speaking to designers more so, what are the cars from your childhood that you really look back on and were perhaps the ones that inspired you to take the journey you've done in a, as a career? I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit better at this because I've been asked this a few <laughs> times. Uh, it's really difficult as a designer because obviously you love so many things. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and I suppose, sorry, just putting in, it, it, would it just be cars that you're inspired mm. by as, as a, you know, before you got into car design or was it design in general? So just kind of piggybacking off John's question there. Um, I think I, I can't pretend to be so much of a artistic person. I can say, say it's from sculpture and all sorts <laughs> of different things as a child, but I, when I was interested in graphics and, you know, art in general, went to art school. Uh, but as a very young child, I was lucky enough. I was, my family, my father, I was just surrounded by aircraft, uh, motorcycles, cars. So I had all that around me. And so I had an obsession with all things mechanical, all things to do with performance. Um, you know, the house was full of models of aircraft and car pictures of cars and all that sort of thing and some interesting cars got brought home um when i was when i was very very young so was it your dad that worked for mercedes did i read somewhere so my dad worked yeah my dad did lots of different jobs <laughs> but he worked for mercedes and audi nsu when they made the nsu r80 the rotary engine cool. car yeah. and he was a pilot before then and he worked on a land speed record attempt and oh, things wow. like that. so yeah i had quite a i didn't realize at the time but quite a privileged <laughs> yeah um, a lot of it was before I was born, but it just meant the house was full of books and pictures and models, as I say. Mm. Um, but as a child, the things that really caught my attention, um, and one, two of them will be Lotuses, so I'm, I'm on brand. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the very first car that struck me was a Jaguar E-Type. Oh. Cool. Uh, and in yes. the local, local village, I think it was a doctor had one. And I can, be, I can, remember, I can still visualise myself as a young child, when I must have been like two or three at child height, mm -hmm. looking at the back of an E-type coupe and the two tailpipes coming out the back. Amazing, um, yeah. So I've had a lifelong obsession with that car, but that get, I think that got me fascinated with car design to start with. I can remember from my father bringing home a Lotus Elan and being fascinated by how clean the car looked mm. at the front and the pop-up headlights. Um, and then, of course... I then recognised that was, I'm giving away my age now, <laughs> I, can, I then realised that that car was the car that was on the Avengers and Diana Rigg was driving as Mrs mm. Peel, so, and it just seemed so, so modern. Um, and then probably the final road car of my childhood was when my father was working at Mercedes-Benz, they were then just experimenting with the rotary-engined C111 prototypes. Yeah. Mid-engined, low... Um, you know, pop-up headlights, again, very clean shape, uh, beautiful proportions. I've still got a model of one in my um, my office now. So that inspired me, and they had uh, an in-house magazine where they invited children to send in drawings, and you'd win a prize if it got um, uh, printed or included in it. 
so that started my thing of drawing cars basically and that so that was a really important thing and then and then you know lotus formula one cars were really really important because you know lotus was the formula one team and the the black and gold racing cars that we've probably seen racing around today you know were just so iconic the shapes the very pure modern wedge shapes you know modernity was wedge at that time the black and gold livery on it just everything the fact the race team were all dressed you know consistently mm. i didn't know that was what design and branding was then you know when yeah. you're, you're seven eight nine years old or whatever but it just struck me as being very glamorous very very exciting and uh, of course uh, all the racing drivers looked apart you know you can see long sideburns left their, uh, <laughs> left their impression I, unfortunately i can't grow the hair anymore but uh, you know that was very much part of it so uh, yeah a very long answer but i could have gone on about other cars like muras and stratuses and all those things as well but, uh, yeah it does sound like a, a very uh, inspirational childhood home being surrounded by just beautifully de- designed things machines yeah, oh, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Yeah. Well, we are. I, I'm conscious that you're about to run off and do some rehearsals. I believe for the big live yes. reveal that we're doing. So, at the time of recording this, we're just a few hours now away, about five hours away from the uh, the the big reveal of the car. The public are about to see it. We've got about 200 people soon to be turning up to see the cars unveiling here. There are multiple people that will be tuning in live from around the world. What are you feeling right now about that? Is it is it fear? Is it nerves? Is it apprehension? Is it excitement? It's definitely a little bit of apprehension, but overall really excited. You know, as, as I've said, we've et, slept and drunk this car for two and a half years in the studio and the rest of the company, but being selfish, just the stu- studio standpoint, um, we've been locked away in secrecy. Our business is very secret. And this is what it's all about. We've got to reveal this car now to, you know, the the customers, to the press, etc. So it's going to be great to get a reaction. And it's our opportunity also to show our families what we've been doing for the last yeah. two and a half mm. years when we haven't been coming home <laughs> on time because we've been working here as well. So, no, very excited, very excited. And uh, not a normal day at the, the office for, for us, definitely. No, indeed, indeed. Well, um, congratulations. I think it's it's definitely worthy of giving you a congratulations because mm. we're lucky. We've seen it. Um, and, and by the time people are listening to this, uh, recording everyone else has seen it and i'm sure they're all nodding in agreement going yep you've done a bloody good job there <laughs> well, let's so, hope let's hope yeah, i think it's fantastic thank you so much for joining us it's been great having you and um yeah we look forward to seeing what comes next thank you the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital well, for the second time on Driven Chat, I'm delighted to say we welcome Mr. Jensen Button to the show. How are you doing, Jensen? Hello, I'm I'm very good. I'm nice and warm in here because it's it's not warm outside, is it? It's a it, there's a chill. Yes, in the air. there is. <laughs> it's an airfield, so that's probably why we're a bit chilly, and it's raining as well. We've had all the weather. I mean, literally all of it. We've I got sunburnt yesterday. There's now I got windburnt this morning. <laughs> it's been raining, and now it's cold. Yeah. But it's all good because we're here for a good reason. Yes, we are. Yeah, and I mean, right. Firstly, level me, level with me. Okay, you've driven the Amira properly. You've you kind of had this kind of sort of mock joke that if you like it, you're going to buy it. But you came out and privately said to me, "Oh, it's it's actually really good." Is it? Yeah, I wasn't lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is really good, and I'm I'm still staggered at at the price of it. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, my comments to the boss weren't. Uh, 
taken in the wrong way and they're going to raise the price maybe <laughs> <laughs> well you'll be you might be interested to know andy's already been offered a 20 pound discount by 20, matt the 20 md quid. wow 20 quid off is that pre or post uh price increase that's <laughs> my fortunately i got in early so it's before you told okay. them to put the price up. okay yeah. well i didn't say that but uh no it's um you know i expected it to to be good you know i know I know what what uh, Lotus are all about in terms of um, the mechanical grip with their cars. Everything I've driven has been fantastic. But um, you know, when you walk up to this thing, it's it's a thing of beauty. And you know, when you look at the lines on the car, you as you know, I've been around downforce for many years and aerodynamics and efficiency with curves and what have you. Uh, and you look at this car and you know everything is there for a purpose as well. It's not just to make it look good. So. Um, you walk up to it, you jump in, it feels nice, and it goes quick around low-speed corners, but it's actually got a bit of downforce, so it actually does work in high-speed corners as well. So it's nicely balanced, and it gives you that confidence with the um, uh, with the torque of the of the motor. You know, it's a very linear power curve, so you it gives you confidence, basically. It's not going to suddenly uh, frighten you in any way or um, put you on the back foot. You know, you know what you're getting, so you can really push this car. You can really rag it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is what you need. Is it genuine competition for, I don't know, a, a, a Cayman? I mean, I think that's probably the idea, but I don't think this car's got any competition. Ooh. Oh, that's a strong line. I it's know. a strong line. It is, it is. But I mean, you walk up to it and the, the beauty of it, there's nothing that compares in this price range. It's a, yeah. it's a good looking thing. It is. And, you, and you, as I said, you drive it, and this is coming from a guy that's driven race cars his whole life, and you jump in it and it just feels right. The position of the seat, the pedals, the steering wheel. And what I love, they've raised, because I was driving the manual uh, three and a half litre V6, and they've lifted the um, the stick. The gear knob is a lot higher than it used to be. Uh, and I and I say gear because I have to put the gear in front of knob because it ha- it doesn't work <laughs> otherwise. So the gear knob is much higher. It's five centimeters higher, I think, than anything they've they've had before. So you you basically take your hand off the wheel and it's there. It's, it's like there the old, waiting, like yeah. the old Type R gearing. Yeah, it feels like um like in a in a rally car you've got the sequential box. Yeah, it's yeah. right there. It's it's just perfectly. You don't sort of. I mean, you shouldn't look down changing gear anyway. You should know where the stick, the gear stick is. But you just jump straight onto it, and which I love. You know, it feels racy before you've even pulled away. So, it, you know, and it's got the infotainment system, which is great. It all works. It's very simple, which means you can get back to doing the important thing, which is the driving. Just enjoying it. Long distance. Well, I, I haven't driven it long distance. I've done like thirty <laughs> You've laps. Done a few laps though. To be yeah, fair. It, stay, it stays comfortable. And and I was driving it hard as well. Yeah. You know, this is. The, the car that I was driving <laughs> is actually the, the car that they're driving at the launch. Like so, um, yeah. Good I, job you didn't break it. I was pushing yeah. pretty hard. With <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> just take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> I went out in the mules first so I could get a feel for how the car feels so that okay. I wouldn't drive the real one hard. But I ended up doing so many more laps than they expected. But, uh, you know, it's basically that sort of car that you'll just drive until it runs out of fuel because mm. it's so nice to drive, whether you're on a circuit or, or on the road. And you know, I live in California and very lucky that I have canyons right on my doorstep yeah yeah but um i also have the 405 which is the bumpiest road in the world so you kind of need you need something that's comfortable and i head down to radford quite a lot which is on a good day and hours drive so um i need something that's comfortable and this thing is is really comfy that's the thing i'm not going to call it a gt car but um, you get in it and the seat is comfy Mm. when you find a car that you just choose as an excuse to drive like just whatever reason oh I'm, i'm i'm a little low on milk today i'll just i'll take the long route to the to the petrol station or whatever, you know that you've got a good one, don't you? Yeah, so. definitely. And <clears throat> to be fair, I didn't expect it to be comfortable inside for, for long journeys, but it is. You know, the seat the seat really wraps around you, and because everything's positioned well, 
and it's got cup holders as well. <laughs> we had a really long conversation with Matt uh, Windle about the cup holders because uh, and the Avora they're behind you. They are. That's it's, right. You've kind of got to you. reach back and yeah. tr- feel around as you're trying to focus on the road. While you're trying to grab your hot cup <laughs> yeah. of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You. you need a crotch guard. Exactly. <laughs> and and that was always quite a funny thing. It's like the guy in the back seat hands it to you. Um, <laughs> but um, with this, it's, it's got cup holders right there. It's basically you've got steering wheel, gear stick, coffee cup holder. Exactly. <laughs> so it just works perfectly. And I always like a cup of coffee when I'm driving. It's probably not the safest thing to be doing when you're driving. Drinking hot coffee, but um, most people do exactly. And, and you live thing. in LA, so there's a lot of traffic jams. So you're not it's really exactly. going to be driving that fast. And I like living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So. so I mean, Jensen, you flew in last night. Yes. How long are you over here for? What sort of uh, what sort of activities are you up to? I am here for a couple of weeks. Um, okay. I um, I'm I'm here again today tomorrow. Uh, the circuit here testing. Happy days. Uh, Is that Radford duty? Uh, All sorts, actually. Um, Lotus and Radford duty tomorrow morning, uh, which would be great. I just love driving cars around circuits. It's just, uh, I'm very lucky. (laughs) It's just as well, isn't it? I've done it my whole life, yeah. It's a shame if you hated it. Yeah, so that, and then then I'm heading to Goodwood for the weekend. Of course. This is the first time I've mentioned that I'm actually going to Goodwood this weekend. So I'm at Goodwood this weekend. (laughs) Is anyone else coming? (laughs) Well, this is going out on the Sunday night. So you would have have seen (laughs) this weekend. Wasn't Goodwood great? (laughs) Wasn't it fantastic? Wasn't the weather great? (laughs) Oh, the Lotus event was spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and it is going to be. And the um, famous people and stuff. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so good to see so many fans out there. (laughs) (laughs) Are you there just to to enjoy it half official? Are you going to be driving something exciting? What, what do you know what you're doing yet? What's your itinerary? I'm driving uh, the Amira up the hill, of course, of course, uh, on Saturday, uh, which which was fun. Which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing lots of lots of different things. You didn't put it in the tires, so that was a result. Uh, well, I hope not now. Uh, and, uh, and there's lots of different things with uh, with Lotus, and um, it's a pretty special event for Lotus, obviously, with the launch yeah. being a few days. Of you know of the Amira a few days before Goodwood, uh, but I'm also driving uh, a Williams F1 car. Obviously, oh, yes, brilliant. Uh, which should be a lot of fun. Um, and I really wish I knew what it was, which FW it was. Is it FW six? I think. Yeah, could be. I think it, I know it could be. <laughs> I would su- I would suggest people check your Instagram to have a look at the yeah. photo that you yeah. put up yeah. of it, which was exactly. a really good picture, by the yeah. way. And Nicely taken. Yeah. Look out now to find out what that car was. Exactly. It's it's uh, it's got it's got a rear wing, but it hasn't got a front wing. Right. So it's, it's a that nice car. one. It's that car. Um, so yeah, really exciting. Uh, it's just always fun driving classic cars, and that's what what's so special about Goodwood. You know, you get out there and drive whatever you want, and uh, and I'm very lucky that I get the option to drive different things. Yes, exactly. And then next week plans, or are you just taking it easy? Uh, then I've got a few um, sponsor uh, events. Okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and then doing a, um, some stuff with Sky leading up to uh, the British Grand Prix, and then. There for the British Grand Prix. Of course. So, uh, you know, working obviously with Sky, but also with Williams and, you know, um, they're on a high at the moment. They've had a couple of fantastic weekends. No points, but uh, I think performance-wise, they've done a fantastic job. They have so. made a lot of new fans, actually. Yeah. People yeah. are going, oh, go I mean, on. I mean, qualifying eighth in qualifying Ridiculous. For, for Austria. It's, yeah, it's fantastic to see the progress. And still not there yet, but um, I think it's just, uh, it's really helped the atmosphere within the factory, you know, to see them performing that well and getting so close to the top 10 
really does mean a lot for them. Uh, and they know that there's more to come, yeah. which is great. Yeah, it's a proper lift. Well, because you're, you're properly involved in the team, aren't you? It's not just, you're not just taking a passing interest. You have an official role. Yes, I do. I'm senior advisor. I don't know if that means I'm old or I'm, a, I'm <laughs> an experienced advisor. Why? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's great. You know, you're I like the Yoda of Williams. Yes, yes, yes I am. Yes. Um, so uh, I, uh, yeah, it's been good fun. I speak to the engineers quite regularly. Dave Robson, who's uh, like the chief engineer there. That's not his title. Should know his title by now. But uh, I used to work with him at McLaren. He was my engineer. Oh, many that's years. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. The races, when I, when I won races at McLaren, he was my engineer. Uh, so he's doing a great job there. And I speak to Yost almost every week. Yeah. Um, text a lot with George. I've spoken to him quite a bit in the past as well. So, no, it's uh, it's it's in a really good place, the team right now. And uh, in a positive future ahead of them. Lot, lots, lots changing but for, sure. for the good. Yeah, for sure. Jensen, what you've just described, your two weeks over here, it sounds flat out. It sounds pretty exhausting. How typical is that of a two weeks in Jensen Button's life? Not typical at all. Oh, that's a relief. Because <laughs> no. I'm like, well, I mean, you're going to get exhausted very soon. Yeah, no, it's because I'm not here for very long. Right. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty pretty packed. But I like it like that. And it's fun. It's all fun stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm very lucky that I, I get to kind of pick and choose what I want to do. Uh, and, and that's why I'm here talking to you right now. Yeah, well, and, and I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> Is it tough being away from the fam, though? Because yes. obviously you've now got two young kids yeah. and it's, you know... It it's tough. Brittany's over for Goodwood, which is great. Um, but um, the kids aren't. They don't have passports yet. It takes a long time in the States to get passports. Does it? Yeah, we just got their birth certificates. Um, so they'll have them in a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully. Um, but... Um, yeah, it is tough being away from the kids, but we've got FaceTime now, which is great. So yeah. I get to see them. I mean, our son hates FaceTime. He just doesn't get it. He's like, why is daddy in a, in a rectangle yeah. box? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. What, Mummy, what have you done to him? <laughs> uh, so he finds it a bit weird. But our daughter, six months, she just smiles. At the camera, mm. just it's cute. So yeah, it's tough, but I'll be back there before you know it. And um, back to work on, uh, on, on Radford stuff. That's keeping me very busy, especially at the moment. It's hectic, hectic, hectic at Radford trying to get everything ready for our announcement and launch. Well, I was mm. going to say, you must be close, closing in, actually. on the, There was a, a big thing that you hinted at when we spoke, what was it, John, about six weeks ago? It was. A couple of months uh, ago? Do you know, it, it was exactly nine weeks ago this week that we had that Radford podcast. Yeah. A lot so it was nine changed. weeks ago. Yeah. And you were kind of, you were all hinting, particularly Ant, at something big that was coming. And nine weeks in, are we, uh, can you give a bigger hint now? <laughs> uh, no, but we'll be launching our car this year. Say that. Okay. Okay. And, and not in December mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or November. Uh, but um, yeah, it will come around very quickly, um, which is scary in one way because, uh, you know, and with there's, that launch, there's always a few things that go wrong and you need to of course. Um, fix. So yeah. With that, that, that period of time, that nine weeks ago, when the, everyone in the world was looking, at Radford's was suddenly the most Googled word in the automotive world. And everyone was thinking, you know, how, yeah. Nobody really knew if this was going to be something that people would just jump into and get involved with. Did the phone start ringing and has it stopped ringing? Has it been crazy busy? Has it been more than you expected, less than you expected? There's, there's been a lot of interest, um, but you know, you, you also need to remember it's not a cheap no. sports car. Yeah. Um, and people haven't seen it yet. Of <laughs> they course. Don't know what of it course. looks like. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of interest, and I think because of the people involved and because of the involvement with uh, Lotus as well, mm. working with their engineering team on the, the chassis itself. That um, there's a there is a lot of interest, yeah. So it's it's great to see, mm. and people from all over the world. It's not just uh, in in the states where obviously we're we're eventually building the car, mm -hmm. um, but uh, all around the world, South France, um, 
UK, um, Asia. So yeah, there's 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 some good interest there, and I think when when the car is launched, there'll be a, a lot of interest. Amazing. Um, which uh, which we're very much looking forward to. A bit like the you know when the when the Amira has been talked about, mm. um, everyone's very excited. Uh, but when they actually see the Amira, yeah, I think the the phone is going to be off the hook. It is, it is. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is it actually is. a showstopper. Yeah, face I mean, to face. Today is a big day, but uh, when they start taking orders, that is gonna be mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> I reckon. Um, so really, really excited for everyone at Lotus, and uh, yeah, I just need to make sure I sign, put my name down before <laughs> they open the floodgates. That's it. Which they're going to do. I, I think you'll probably be what's called a preferred customer, Jensen. Well, I imagine. So I, I, I like to give back. In California, in the canyon. So yes, with I, your, I with your like cleaning products. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, bit of give and take. What's your lunch event going to be like? How does it compare with the spectacle that we've seen here at Hethel? Uh, very different. I think that uh, you know we're going very. Um, very LA, I guess. Very Hollywood. I was gonna, there's got yeah. to be some Hollywood in there, yeah, right? Yeah, we had to. We, I mean, we're going to th- throw all the cheese at it and see what sticks, <laughs> basically. So, uh, is, uh, is Bridget Jones going to make an appearance? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Uh, could not possibly comment. But no, it's um, it's going to be very sort of glamorous. Um, I, you know, I think for for Lotus, it's it's the purest, which is what it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be showing off this fantastic uh, facility as well because no one's really seen yeah. the facility here and what they've pumped into this place it's amazing well, have you been around the factory have you been not, on the floor not, yet? yeah i've been around all this new facility sort yeah. of the hospitality area but uh tomorrow i'm gonna i'm gonna be in there looking at the uh, avaya and, and meeting everyone that's involved uh, which will be amazing because you'll you have an avaya yourself on the way yes that's very cool are you so are you seeing your own avaya being assembled what no no no, no not yet not oh, yet okay. We're a little bit uh, it's a few months away, but um, you know, I I drove the mirror out on course, and I hadn't seen the Avaya yet. And we drove; they'd lined up all of the Lotus oh, that are being right. used cool. for the event. And I drove around the Armco, and I just saw the bum, the <laughs> yeah. bum of the Avaya. And I mean, as soon as you see the bum of that thing, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah well, It's too. a spaceship, basically, and it was just like, oh, oh wow, okay. I bought something cool. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And and in pictures, for some reason, it looks bigger than it is. Um, I like that it's a proper Lotus-sized car. You know, it's 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 bigger than the Amira, but it's still a small car. It's yeah. definitely something you have to walk around to really appreciate every design aspect and every curve about it. And it's, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. it's beautiful. It Photographs really do not stunning. do it justice. No, no, and and it looks great in pictures already. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's it really is stunning. And to pump out two thousand horsepower of a car that big, for a car that <laughs> it's big. Oh, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be four wheel drive. Exactly. It yeah. needs to I mean, it's just fantastic. So really, really excited about that. And you know, I've been working with the guys on the design of mine. And I wouldn't normally go for like a two tone design on a road car, but I wouldn't call it a road car. So yeah, um, it's uh, the design's really cool. I'm gonna. I want it to be pearlescent white. Then it's got the fluoro stripe, and then the rear ends black. It's going to be awesome. Still not sure whether we, whether I should do it matte black in the rear end, so we're going to work on that. I think with the pearlescent white, matte black would look cool. Yeah. Mm. Actually. Can, they, can they do I like a little tiny mini mock-up models of your, of your car? I'm sure they can do what we want. Yeah. Oh, you've mentioned it. Let's do it. Let's do that now. <laughs> yeah. Let's go into the factory right, right now. now. Yes. <laughs> I know these guys are very keen to go to the launch of their new car, but I think we can get them another yeah. hour of overtime. Exactly. <laughs> They're not busy. No. No. <laughs> you mentioned uh, during the show that if you're going to buy an Amira, which sounds like you're going to, 
you knew what colour scheme you were going for. Oh yeah, you never said what so it was going to be. So we've got to find out. What is, what is your chosen? Oh, oh, it's still a secret. Have you have to wait and see it. That, that, you know, I'm going to try and raise my Insta followers by, by <laughs> posting it there first. It's all for the gram. Exactly, it's all for the gram. <laughs> you, know, you know it is. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a secret. That's but, uh, it will definitely be a lotus colour. Okay, green? It has to be. No, no, it has to be green, but it has to be lotus colour. Spoke at the wrong time. I think it's green. I think it's going to be green. <laughs> yeah. Gold wheels. Yellow. Yes. It's the yellow that you could go with. The yellow's amazing. Mm. The yellow yeah. that's used on the Avaya, in right? California. Oh, it's an incredible colour. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Yellow and Kelly. It's got that gold. Mm. You call it fleck? Yeah. 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 You yeah. could go yellow with green calipers. We could. Oh, yes, yeah, but you're sure not going to. No. 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 All right. That's <laughs> everyone just silence. <laughs> that's me told. <laughs> Fine. You lot. Um, go into the factory, Jensen. It's it's ridiculous. It's a whole new setup here. So there's okay. no there's no factory floor, but it's the, the, the so the whole thing works with these robotic chassis maneuver things. They're called AGVs, and they basically they they put a chassis on at the start, and that they just kind of glide around the factory, going to the various different places where the engineers are waiting for them. Yeah, it's it's pretty That's cool. So cool. It's and like I, thing is, I know the chassis very well. I love yeah. the chassis very well because we've been working with one, and uh, it's an amazing bit of kit. And you know, you can tell it's 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 put together by a human being because we took one of, apart easily. It's amazing how easy we could take it apart, and I put it back together as well. Can you believe that? That's impressive. I put an engine in a car. Wow! The first time I've ever done that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. You probably wouldn't want that one. No. Because, uh, <laughs> it was such a cool experience to really get to know the uh, you know the chassis, uh, a Lotus chassis. That's so cool. I, feel, man. I know it inside and out. We've got to have a quick word um, before you go about Extreme. It's been an interesting start to the season. I can't remember where the next round is. I mean, the whole point of Extreme is that they're taking you to the most remote, crazy parts of the globe to shine a light on various different things. Um, how are you getting on? I'm not going to ask you to kind of comment on the, yeah. the status of, of anything except your team. How are you personally feeling behind the wheel? Oh, you said yeah, the, all the race in the middle of nowhere places that are affected by climate change but it also makes it really difficult getting to them mm. <laughs> um, but uh <clears throat> no it's uh it's been a, a good start to the year i mean first race was in uh um, saudi and obviously it was there was a lot of dust mm. um, yeah. i couldn't really it was, <laughs> was, sand, it was, it was ridiculous it was basically sandstorm the yeah. whole time so it was a tricky one but i mean you you it's all about learning we're all learning together in the category and uh i think the second race was fantastic it really was in Senegal, um, and it's it's really really enjoying enjoyable to be a, a team team owner, um, team principal. You know, I've got all the time to was racing driver, but you know, I didn't race the last race. But uh, it's uh, I'm really enjoying it, and we're going up against mm -hmm. some really really good teams. You know, Pro Drive has a team, which is obviously yeah. Lewis's team. Um, Ginassi, Andretti. I mean, these and are the drivers as well. You got Carlos Sainz behind the wheel. These are big that. teams, and we are third in the championship. Yeah. Uh, which is great, and um, you know the last race was was especially good for us because we did have uh, a Lotus uh, engineer on site because uh, Lotus we're, Lotus Engineering has teamed up with us, um, and you know we're, we're learning together. I think is is uh, the expression. I like it um, because it's it's so much to learn in terms of the technology. I think it's useful for, for for Lotus and also very useful for us having them on board with what they've learned with the Avaya, uh, and that was what we were really missing in the team. Is is a data engineer, but okay. um, especially with these electric motors, to really understand the power from front to and rear axles and what have you, and um, 
yeah so it's been it's been really good you know you can adjust so much with these cars and for the drivers to understand it was very difficult the first race what we could do um because it's laterally loaded um torque maps and uh, uh torque vectoring and and with steering angle and all sorts of things so lots to learn and we're learning together and uh, i think that our first race together was was really good uh, and to be third in the championship is is fantastic for our team terrific rock on fantastic um jensen thank you very much for your company it's it's always a pleasure chatting to you we've got you and i have got a bit of an exhibition we've got to put on now but um i appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us today thank you thank you yeah we're going to be busy especially you I hope you've learned your lines because there's a lot of them. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> literally just making them up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm very excited and I uh, can't wait to, for, for everyone to, to see the car announced this uh, this well. They've, they've, well, seen, they've it seen it now seen and, it. and hopefully they love it. I mean, yeah. this is the thing. This goes out Sunday. That, you know, they might have had quite a few orders in by now. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun to know that. We'll it put it out be. on the socials if we get a steal. Yeah. Yeah. Get the awesome. tick over. That's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Happy days. Thanks, man. I Cheers. appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, Jensen. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, so you've joined us now as I roam around Hessel. We have had a fabulous day where we've spoken with a variance of people. We've spoken to Matt, the MD of Lotus Cars. We've spoken to Russell Carr, the head of design. We've spoken to Jensen Button, Formula One champion, who's been driving the car. And now we're going to go and see who else we can find, because this is the part of the day which is going to be the live show, the reveal of the car, where the journalists and VIPs that have been invited to Ethel are going to see the car for the first time. So let's see who we can find. I have heard there's some interesting people, so we might have to go and just butt into a few people and get some reactions from them and see what they think. Right, well, I've ventured into the, uh, the, the last minute structure that's been put up for the launch of the Emura, and I've managed to find a few friends who are, I'm going to call them the influencer friends because uh, they've all got YouTube channels and they're fairly big on social media. Uh, I'm going to start with Sid North. Hello, Sid. Hello, hello. How, How are you doing? doing? Very well, you? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Now, you're, have you seen this car yet? Nope, haven't seen it at all. What are you expecting? Well, it's, it should be promising because this is the first time Lotus has had some proper money, let's be real. So, And a few weeks back, I did uh, drive the final editions of the uh, Exige and Elite. You have as well, too, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. so, you know, and they're, they're all great cars, but um, this one should be, uh, well, it should have a promising upstart, shouldn't it? I think so, I think so. Also standing with us, Sam Moores, good old friend of mine. Hi, Sam. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Very good, very good. You're a bit of a Lotus fan as well. You, I, I we, am. We saw each other last at Caffeine and Machine on the day that we drove the final edition. We cars. did. I, I went up to drive three cars and I only drove one. <laughs> I drove uh, an Evora GT 410, yep. which I love the Evora. I think it's great, but it's just like a lot of it is missing some 2020. It's, it's yeah. very 2010. 2010. Yeah. And 
I'm hoping, and I think everybody is, that this new car is going to distill all of the great stuff about that that Lotus does, but have a bit more modern interior, exterior, all of the stuff. And from the rumours I've heard, it looks amazing. Yep. And price point is on point. Yep. And it will have three pedals. Yep. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, indeed. Now, I, I'm lucky. I've been able to... I've been looking at the car since about 8 o'clock this morning. So I've got the fun job of seeing everyone else's faces at the point that it gets revealed. So I'll be looking to see what we think. And perhaps we'll catch up again afterwards yeah, and yeah, see yeah. If, those, uh, if those expectations were spot on. For sure. If you're happy, you're sad. <laughs> I think you're going to be happy though. I do. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be good. I'm, I hope. And then, and then we want to drive it around the track. Not today, but at some point in time <laughs> it will happen. It will. <laughs> Cheers, gents. Let's catch up in a bit. See you guys. Right, so that, that is the reveal of the car done. And I'm going to now walk around, see who I can find to uh, get some reactions on the cars, because there's some really, really interesting people here. Now, I did see Sid North and Sam Moores before the unveil, and, and they, they were giving their anticipation about what they thought the car might look like. So I'll see if I can catch up with them and uh, see, uh, see what they think. Right, I'm back with Sid. Sid North and Sam Moores, we saw you just before the reveal of the car and you mm. were giving some anticipation as to what you thought. You've seen it now. Sam, what do you reckon? I think I think in, in the lighter colours where you get the sort of two-tone with the dark underneath, it looks sick. Like it genuinely, yeah. I think it's the best looking car I've seen, the best looking new car for a while I've seen. Bold statement. I Sid, think so. What do you reckon? I'm with Sam. I thought it was going to be like, you know, an, an Evorian drag or something like that. You know, typical classic Lotus style. But no, it's actually an all-new car. It looks like a baby Avaya. It does. I, I think it looks like a baby Avaya. And yeah, like I said, I'm with Sam as well too. In the lighter colours, it looks much nicer. It's also cool the fact that it's got like an A45 powertrain as well too. I know. That caught yeah. me by surprise. Yeah, that caught yeah. me by surprise. You know, so it's it's cool. I'm... I'm excited to see what it's like to drive. I bet you are. Yeah. You are best known as Sideways Sid. To a yeah, lot of once, upon, once upon a time <laughs> so ago. Um, yeah, let's yeah. let's get you in one going yeah. sideways. Absolutely. Good stuff, Sam. I know you're selling a, a blue car very soon, so you want to have a lot of money to play with. Are yeah. You, so are you tempted? Yeah, yeah. I I, I am tempted, but uh, well, mm, it's tricky because it's got to it's got to beat the 997 GT3 RS, and mm. it's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. That is a tricky one. Right. Thank you, gents. I'll let you uh, rub shoulders with fellow uh, influencers, journalists, yeah, go and motoring types. And yeah, Sam, of course, he takes photos. Sometimes we'll go and take a photo. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Now I've spotted Harry Metcalf, very, very well-known, highly esteemed journalist uh, with, a, with a fantastic YouTube channel. I'm going to see if I can catch up with Harry to see what he thinks as well. So as I'm walking along here, I've just bumped into a journalistic legend, I'm going to call you, Harry Metcalf. Harry, what are your, what are your thoughts on the Amiri, having just seen it? Well, you have to celebrate any new Lotus coming along because it's a rare event. But uh, first impressions, super pretty, looks modern, um, and... I like the technology, I like the fact that we've got a choice of engines, the four-cylinder from AMG and then the V6 for the crazy stuff, uh, and that makes its entry point interesting. It's just under 60,000, I've been told. That puts it on with Alpine A110, and we all love that, yeah. and we know about Lotus Dynamics, so pretty positive, really. It, when I first saw it, it has a mini Ferrari S look about it. It does. I thought, um, I thought 488 Pista shrunk down yeah. slightly. I mean, it's, it's an elegant, really pretty car, sharp-looking 
Um, so yeah, has no reason not to do well. It has showroom appeal. What I'm interested in though is the interior because that has been a little lacking in mm. Lotus recently, and they haven't I haven't got inside one. So I'm wandering over to the tent now and see if I can <laughs> squeeze inside one. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. I've just bumped into another car journalist, and it's a, a friend of the show. I hope you don't mind us calling you a friend of the show, Alex Goy. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm slightly damp. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it's been an eventful evening for weather. It couldn't have been more British, though, because we were, we're on a disused airfield that was turned into a racetrack where cars are built in the British summer, thunder, torrential rain, and now bright sunshine. I know. It's, it, was, it was great. It is. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, thoughts on the car? Thoughts on the car. Um, I've been very lucky and I had a prod on the poke around it a couple of weeks ago. And it's really hot. Yeah. It's really, really hot. I mean, I am notoriously a fan of handmade British stuff. Mm-hmm. So it already appeals to me because it's a new Lotus. But uh, the interior is a huge step up. The exterior design is just stunning. What Russell Carr and his team have done is just mm. blinding those guys. Those guys are on, on their game now, yeah. both inside and outside. Uh, the powertrain sound exciting. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the big power, mm-hmm. but I also like the idea of the AMG 4 pot. I do too. I think that is going to be many, many, many people will be purchasing the car with that engine. Yeah, I uh, think so. There'll be various tax reasons around the world because it's only a two litre. Yep. And yet it's packing a real punch. It obviously works very well in the A45 yeah, AMG. It comes with 400 horsepower in that, yeah. something like that. So yeah. that's, that's big power tiny engine it'll be light yep um and the price yes sub 60 grand so we're basically looking at porsche cayman money mm-hmm. for something that isn't a porsche cayman which will be that car's problem yeah as it was the problem for the evora that's right and that someone goes well do i want a 911 or a cayman or do i want the thing from norfolk mm. i think it's lotus still has a way to go when it comes to we're, with the image of we're not Porsche. Yeah, that's true. Um, hopefully the interior quality of the Amira, hopefully the build quality will move it up. Because I know that's Lotus's end goal, is basically mm-hmm. we're going to be Britain but Porsche, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are going to be a lot of people upset that Lotus isn't building a sub 20 grand, super yeah. lightweight, snot rocket. But the problem is the number of people who will actually buy a car like that, yeah. he says with an aeroplane in the background by the sounds thing. Um, <laughs> the number of people who will actually buy that, it's not enough to sustain a business. The number of people who will actually buy that is not enough to sustain a business. Yeah. yeah. And so Lotus has to move itself and the game on a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, the mirror, I can't wait to have a go, to be honest. It, yeah, same here. It sounded pretty good, didn't it? It, it did, yep. And it looked like it went rather nicely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, tag me in for a slice of that and maybe when I grow up, I'll buy one. Excellent. Thank you very much, Alex. Good. You're very welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> David Tillier I could get a lovely interview with, couldn't I, David? Hello. How are Mr. you? Mr. Markar, I'm not bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about what we've just seen. I, as am I. Um, as you well know, yes. um, I'm a bit of a Lotus fanatic. Yes. I've owned a few. I first came here to Hethel when I was nine years old. Oh, wow. Um, that was only a few years ago. Only, well... Hmm. 
some years ago. <laughs> um, my mother worked here at the factory, so uh, Lotus is kind of in my DNA. Oh. I, I, I love coming here, and but it's really interesting to come here. It's changed a lot since the last time I was here, and yeah. definitely changed a lot since yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing to see the Amira. It looks fantastic. It, it, most importantly, it looks like a Lotus. It yep. really looks sort of lithe and compact and agile, even though it's just sat there doing nothing. Mm. It looks like a Lotus should. Um, and yeah, just bowled away by, by what they've managed to do. I'm really, really impressed. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yeah. so uh, it, looking forward to next year potentially getting behind the wheel having a having a definitely go. definitely yeah can't wait to have a go can't wait to have a go hopefully i'll have uh, mine back on the road at the same time so maybe get them side by side and sort of yeah, see yeah. That, uh, that that evolution um but yeah i, I can't wait because i mean and jensen button said it's fantastic and yep as a massive jensen button fan i'm gonna say i'm gonna take that glowing endorsement i take his word for it i believe him yeah i really do yeah excellent yeah david thank you so much pleasure have nice, a lovely evening. Uh, nice to see you and uh, yeah I will do. I've bumped into Clive Chapman, which is uh, lovely to see. Um, how is, how's today been for you to, to see the car be unveiled at such a, a prominent and significant place for you and the family? It, it, it was really nice to see Jensen Button here, a world champion in the new Lotus, and for him to, to say such um, appreciative things to the team at Hethel yeah. for the achievement, because it is a fabulous achievement um, to realise a new car in any circumstances, um, to realise a new sports car. Um, and um, it's uh, so exciting, yeah. you know, it really cements the future. Geely has um, given Hethel the opportunity to, to have a future like this, mm. and I think that they've grabbed it with, with, with all hands, um, and I think it shows great courage and just the kind of thing that my father would approve of. Oh, fantastic. That's really, really fantastic to hear. And, and What's it like seeing the, the redevelop? Hundred million pounds worth of spend has been has been put down here at Hethel to bring the the site up to speed. New tarmac on the test circuit, brand new buildings here as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we love the, the test track because we're fortunate enough to be able to shake down the F1 cars. Great. And a uh, nice uh, smooth surface is just what we need. Um, uh, but much more importantly, the, the I love the history of, of of the brand, of course. But much more important. Is, is, is the future, and, and that's the road cars, yeah. as, far, as far as I can see. Um, and, um, you know, great that for Hethel and for Norfolk, obviously it's a, a very significant business for Norfolk, mm. um, that it's going to be getting bigger and bigger, 4,800 cars, someone said, yeah. um, a year. You know, that's massive. Yeah. So, um, all very good news. Fantastic. Clive Chapman, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Okay, that's a pleasure. Thank you. Right, another massively significant person that I've just bumped into is, of course, Helen Stanley, the host, <laughs> one of the hosts with our very own Andy J. How are you doing, Helen? Do you know what? I'm really good. And I'm still so excited and buzzing from being part of this event. It's incredible. It, I mean, what a car. You mentioned in the live broadcast, and you have hinted at it a few times in the green room earlier today, you're going to buy one. Are you actually going to buy one? Anne and I are going to buy one. We're going to put a deposit on one. We're going to sell a bunch of other stuff <laughs> so that we can get an Amira because it is stunning. We haven't even driven it yet, but the fact that Jensen said it was bang on, we're like, it's good enough for Probably. us. It's a yeah. good enough review. If Jensen says it's good, then, then it's, it's good. good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're going to get you on the podcast, hopefully in the next few weeks, yes. for a proper sit-down chat and I can't wait. talk about everything everything car related it's long overdue isn't it it is long overdue yeah it is right I'm going to let you have a well earned um, it's water. drink <laughs> unfortunately it's just water I'm going to try and find some Jack Daniels <laughs> good move thank you Helen thank you I found another famous face I found Jake Humphrey off the telly hiya hi Jake how are you doing yeah I'm well how are you I'm really well thank you um, we're standing right, right now 
directly behind an Avia, which yeah. is a, it's quite the thing, isn't it? Well, I've just come out to ogle it, really, and just <laughs> imagine like, that I had the money and the wherewithal to get my hands on one. I think it's absolutely stunning. And like, as a local Norfolk boy, I literally live five miles from here. How brilliant. Um, just to, to see this, it signifies so much more than just a car. It's like this business being at the best place it's been for years. Because I've met so many bosses at Lotus who've made big promises and I've left thinking, oh, great, great mm. stuff's on the horizon. And then a few years later, it's all doom and gloom and redundancies of and course. everything. But it just feels like this is this is real now, you know? Yeah, and of course, parked next to the Via, we, uh, next to the Avia, we have the Amira, the car mm. that we're here to see. What do you think? Yeah, again, like, it's just, I think it's beautiful. I, I think, what were they saying? It was like a, a hypercar in, in a in a supercar yeah. and, it, and it looks again absolutely stunning obviously it's a weird one with Lotus isn't it because you already know it's going to be brilliant to drive yes like you don't even need to get in it to know that it's going to be light and responsive and it's going to grip the road and it's going to be beautiful I just want to get my hands on one early so that I can have everyone stop me in the street saying what is that car yeah. what is that car <laughs> and I can do a bit of promotion for Lotus yeah excellent oh brilliant well great to see you thanks right. so much for your time nice to chat and um, yeah see you around top man the Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. And there we are. That concludes it. I really hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I know that it's a completely different format to how we've done things previously, but I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, getting invited to be behind the scenes for such a significant car launch for Lotus and for any British manufacturer, it was, it was a real honour, a real pleasure to be there. So I hope we've done the launch justice in this week's podcast episode. A little bit longer than we usually go, but I think it it more than warrants it, given the calibre of the people that we spoke to and the significance of the car. A huge thank you, of course, now to you for taking the time to listen, for having us in your ears or through your speakers or having us with you wherever you are around the world listening to us. We would love to get your feedback. As always, if you've got the time, the opportunity and the means to do so, if you could ping us a little review a few a few stars maybe five just on the review systems that would be fantastic and of course i i frequently forget to tell you you have got the facility to drop us an email as well we have a really simple email for the podcast it is simply podcast at drivenchat.com that is podcast at drivenchat.com if you'd like us to read out an email from you if you just want to give us some feedback if you want to tell us what you're doing where you're listening anything at all Or, of course, if you have any questions, occasionally we do have listeners' letters questions. So if you've got a good story to tell us, or if there's something you would like us to tell you, then why not drop us an email, podcast at drivenchat.com, and I promise you in the very near future, we will get around to doing listeners' letters volume three. If you are new to us, and this is the first episode of the Driven Chat podcast you've heard, please do check out the back catalogue. We've been doing this now for just over one year, and on almost every single episode that we've put out, we have a superb special guest that joins us in the studio. And off the top of my head, because I've not got a list in front of me, we have got names including Shmi150, Mr. JWW, Magnus Walker, Drew Pritchard, Mike Brewer. Mike Brewer is basically part of the furniture with Driven Chat now, but it's always cool to have podcasts with big names like Mike Brewer. Karen Chanduk, Formula One pundit. Jensen Button, you've heard from here, but he was also with us on a previous episode as well. More influencers, people like Joe Achilles, people like Nikki Shields, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful people have joined us on the podcast and all of the episodes are available for you to hear wherever you are listening to us. Now, 
wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode, and we look forward to bringing you yet more, yet again, next week. Thanks very much. Take care. Goodbye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.